0: You know what i would like what's that i would like it if you would play your instrument on our podcast okay you got a new fancy guitar it's got a, a swan a pigeonist no a seagull seagull it's got yeah. no such thing as a seagull but it's got a gull
1: on it mm-hmm. i i would i would be more than happy to to strum for you
0: and your other podcast you're always like you know what we're musical people well maybe it's because you're hanging out with like a you know professional musician like
1: occasionally professional occasionally musician yeah, well you know uh
0: he used to be john roderick um yeah, <laughs> two who go to tennis matches <laughs> yeah and they show up wearing their tennis whites yeah just in case if the, someone pulls a the hamstring they can be like i'm ready mm, me and they'll just hop, hop right on the court so you're uh, on yeah. a podcast with a musician and you're like you know what i've got an instrument let's play our instruments but on my podcast the instruments never come out you never play anything
1: Man, you make a really good point. You got two, two, two points that are very interesting. Uh, one is I would be happy to. Um, my office is really really dirty, but I'll find a place for it. I will definitely bring it for our next recording. And I've been playing. I try to play a little bit every day. I'm not playing an hour, but uh, I play I play Jankly chords every morning. And it uh, seems
0: like it, it's like you have it at the ready mm-hmm. on your other podcast. Like and not, it's not like you're you're inserting it, but like if the topic lends
1: itself. I used to. to I used to. My Yamaha's here. It's just real screwed up, and the strings are old. But mm-hmm. I will absolutely bring in Mr. Seagull for next time, and you know I play a little jangly song every morning. I, I cut my nails. I play a little song, and uh, it's not—it's not still not very good. But
0: what does the, um, the nail cutting have to do with it?
1: Well, there's a couple things. As I've said, there are a couple things that make me realize it's been too long since I played. One is it's still in a really weird open tuning that I learned for one song. If mm-hmm. it's still in a song in an open tuning from like you know a week earlier, man. The other one is if i if I try to do especially uh a D and I go <laughs> you go oh because oh, oh. your nails need to be real, real short for you to fret right I don't have mm-hmm. like creepy coke cook guy nails, but you know they do grow fast hmm. so how
0: how short do you feel like they have to be
1: um long enough to l- reach the ground um they need to be so imagine your finger. Push them. F- They're right here. Okay. They're attached to me. <laughs> your little meat fingers. Um. I would say if you if, so if you go straight down at a ninety degree angle to the surface of your your table, or your desk, or whatever, mm-hmm. mm, doesn't need to be short enough for that to happen. I would say in most cases, I would say like even like ten degrees off. Like you you almost shouldn't feel your nail there because it's the soft little part of your finger that does the fretting, and then the, the uh it slows you down for one thing. Well hopefully
0: you're gonna have you're gonna, gonna build up a mighty callus on all those those fingers and not I the soft to. part of your your city hands.
1: Have I ever shown you my iPad callus? <laughs> uh no. no I, don't even, I don't know how deep you want to go with this, because I can make this pretty upsetting.
0: What are you doing with your iPad that is allowing you to or causing you to Build up a callus anywhere i your Grabbing the
1: stenographer's pad so I can emulate mostly what this is like. Okay, so um, I hold my iPad such that the bottom of the iPad or spoiler alert phone mm-hmm. and my my pinky finger <clears throat> is sort of it's curved for sure. My left my left pinky finger is curved and becomes the base upon which it sits because I like to lay in bed when I use it. Mm-hmm. I lay in bed. And so I need mm-hmm. a place for it to rest. And then I hold it with my other meat fingers. I got the thumbs, you know, here on top. And then it's kind of cradled gently in my right hand. My left hand's doing all the heavy lifting, literally. Okay? And I use my iPad a lot. So let me first say something very upsetting, which is I now have a permanent dent in my left pinky where my iPad Pro rests. Your left pinky, you're holding, you're holding
0: it because I was just trying to emulate you with my phone, which is very mm-hmm. large. And I was doing with my,
1: it's the phone is in my right hand and i was using my right pinky, but you're just, you're doing the mirror image, well, I guess. I've got a, I've got a primary and a secondary pinky. The primary pinky is definitely the left hand curved almost in a half circle. And so between hmm. the first and second joints, right? So like you, you, so you bend your finger and it makes three sections. Almost exactly in the middle of that middle section, at a vertical angle, there is a divot that is hard and calloused that does not go away, which is where my iPad rests.
0: You got a hole in your pants and a dent
1: in your finger. You got the the starrings of, uh, of a uh, country song. Chicken in the bread pan picking out dough. Now, let me make this <laughs> even more upsetting, because I realized something in the last few weeks. Which is I, I've kind of noticed. Mm, hey, I'm getting a divot. That's kind of weird. And then I, I f-
0: you've been disfigured by technology. <laughs> is what happened to you? <laughs> Hit me up, Mike
1: Lavinati. Um, but actually, Don Syracusa, I also have a second divot where my phone goes. It's in a slightly different part. Hmm. So <laughs> I have
0: same same hand, same uh-huh, finger, different uh-huh.
1: part. A little further up, toward the end, closer to the 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 last joint there. I'll get a good photo so of what's it. What's
0: go, what's going on between your pinky and the device that's causing a callus? Like, it's not that heavy. Is it I'm rubbing? Is down. there a lot of... I'm
1: laying, I'm laying down like this, and I'm kind of looking up like this. Like, like this? this? And then the... I'll take a photo if you want. And then the the pinky yeah. is holding... <laughs> the pinky is, is the support pinky. So it sits on <laughs> that for, oh, I'd say at least half an hour a day, let's say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you do realize I can't see you. Oh,
1: hang on. So you described something like this. Yeah. I right, should I get my phone? Oh, wait, I got it right here. No. Okay. I, don't,
0: I don't need to see it. I'm just yeah, like, you, you could You could. You just don't, don't remark picture. about my desk, okay? I'm, so, I, I, okay. No, it's going to be a mess. Oh,
1: God. Okay, so it's kind of... Also, this, this stand is really dirty. Sorry. Um, this will get it. Okay. It's sort of like doing a face ID. I'm trying to give you multiple angles. So this is one of...
0: This is what, while you position yourself and take these pictures. This is one of those... uh One of the few... That's not an advantage. One of the side effects Uh of uh, suffering from repetitive strain injury of various kinds is I can't even imagine sitting in my bed with an iOS device and using my hands or arms or fingers to hold it the entire time.
1: Do you have some kind of like extruded, jointed, mic stand type thing over your head that holds it, <laughs> holds it up like no, you're no. an invalid of the future?
0: It's it called uh, <laughs> static contraction, they call that, I think, where you take you know what that's your... That's called a static you, contraction? Static contraction. You take your arm mm-hmm. and muscles and you hold them in th- the same position for oh. a long period of time.
1: Oh, and you get like a, like a little claw. <laughs> well
0: anyway, um no, you have like I have a pillow, just a pillow. Just a pillow. And you, if mm-hmm. you put your knees up and you have a pillow sort of on your on your belly lap when you're laying down, yeah. And you have put your knees up and or you bend the pillow into an L shape against your knees, and then the iPad just sits right there and you don't need to touch it. Huh? huh. huh. Yeah, I see what you I see what you're doing there. I it's, do you have, it's any, upsetting do you have any notes that you're, for
1: me on how I'm doing it. Oh god, I'm sorry, uh, it's blurry. I mean,
0: my suggestion would be: don't use your any part of your hand to hold your device in the same position in front of your face for thirty minutes at a time, because mm-hmm. that's
1: just not that's, great. Thirty but it's minutes was kind of a low estimate,
0: <laughs> but it's interesting that uh, that your body, now uh, aged and decrepit as it is, uh, takes on permanent like <laughs> deformities <laughs> merely by being used in a very mild way by holding holding a very light device in the same position for a long oh, period of time. That that? Actually, it's a, it's
1: a professional iPad. I'm in an age where things leave impressions on my body, and this is something that I'm dealing with.
0: As I'm saying, like, I mean, I you got some deep furrows on your thumb alone. It's not even doing anything in but that picture. Don't
1: do, don't zoom in. It's an iPad. Not, I'm not zooming. These are these are like the canals of Mars. No, the the lighting is is kind of dramatic. I have a single point of lighting. It, it's like that's, uh, that's yeah right. Yeah. That's a, that's a long thumbnail though. You're right. You can do it that to. That's not to, that the guy. Gosh, gosh darn you, darn you, Bob. Um, all right. Um, uh, we'll see. Okay. Anyway. Yes. Okay. We're popping the stack as John Syracuse says, I will bring in my seagull next week and I will strum some pretty chords probably in the key of G for you.
0: It's not, it's not like you have to bring it for show and tell. I just feel like it should be on the ready because if it okay, happens listen, to do. some
1: music stuff, okay. I'd just be I like. Got it. I got it. I got it. I'm going to bring in my baby you know. guitar. I'll bring in the little guitar and the little guitar will live here. There'll be no pressure to play it, but it will be mm-hmm. constantly available. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I drop tuned it a little bit. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> it's got a lot, of, a lot of nice slack now. I can bend. Meow, bend a fifth. If the
0: opportunity presents itself, don't make a big deal out of it. but it just no. be in the middle of a sentence. You just start t- saying something and then just <laughs> bring out a chord and it becomes a song. Sometimes maybe when you get, get me real frustrated, I might do a solo.
1: <laughs> <I'm about laughs> that would really that. change the show.
0: <laughs> What's a Merlin Man uh, guitar solo sound like?
1: <laughs> I know what a John
0: Roderick guitar solo sounds like. I don't think I've heard a Merlin Mann guitar solo.
1: Yeah, his, his is pretty, his, his pretty anarchic, his. Yeah, he gets pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Bandwidth. We were talking earlier about uh, our bandwidth speeds, and y- you seem to think that uh a friend of the show, Todd and I have lamentable bandwidth speeds as reported. No,
0: I said you're crazy numbers.
1: C- crazy? I don't think they're lamentable. I think
0: they're just... Okay, crazy. It is, it's, it's obscene. It's obscene what you have. So here's...
1: here's would you like to share your numbers? <sighs> you know, one thing I... Like and despise about you is you only ever pick battles that you know you've already won. This is not a battle.
0: You're it's very not. competitive. Why is everything a battle? You're very
1: competitive. You're constantly whipping it, it out.
0: No, you're. All right, you on, see good good a moment. Cop. I'm How not competitive. Love.
1: Um, up until <clears throat> a few months ago, with my Comcast connection, I had 80 megabits down and 11 megabits up, and uh, at home, at home, and at work, and now at home and at work. I have just under 300 megabits down and still have about 11 up. And I think Todd said he has 200-something on Comcast, which is plenty fast for everything for me. Now, you, you got, you got the fiber. Is that right? So the reason I think your numbers
0: are crazy is because, like, I'm used to the world where cable, if you cable, you know, a cable company gives you internet access. That's, what this, is. That's what this is. Yeah, it's asymmetrical where you get... Bigger download speeds than upload speeds. That has been true for the entire time that I've used cable for internet access in my area. um And like you mentioned, like you mentioned your 80 11 thing. Even that is ridiculous because it's like 80 down but 11 up. That doesn't seem equitable in a world of, you know, FaceTime. <laughs> which, which
1: must seem to make 298 down, 11 up seem even crazier.
0: Yeah. And two, first of all, here's two aspects of 298. First, 298 down is huge.
1: It's, it's a, a lot. It's, it's, it's never not been great. Even with, I love the era so much. I don't think they're sponsored this week. But I mean, we get, we get, we can get around, if you're close by, 100 wireless, definitely 70 throughout the house. It's, it's it really, it's super crisp.
0: Yeah. Or any, it, it, you know, from, if you're an old person, you know, anytime your internet connection is faster than your Wi Fi seems crazy because it used to be ridiculous that that would be the case. I do wonder a little bit about the numbers because a lot of times they have like some, you know, edge server on the Comcast network that does your speed test against you know some CDN that's down the block from you, where you're getting crazy rates that you would never get across the actual oh, internet. Right. But either way,
1: it's big numbers, right? It's it's fairly consistent. I, I've done it. I mean, I do it with Eero because it makes it so easy. I've also done it with with speed test and the other one and Netflix, and it's it's generally pretty consistent. But I guess they could they could probably. Re-
0: I mean, but the whole point of the companies like Netflix or whatever is they want to get the content close to you as the edge networks, you know, Akamai or whatever, like to get the content to close to where you are. But if like you C- literally CDNs. Need, to, need, yeah, need to get a file from that actually is across the whole Internet that isn't mirrored in 17 located. But anyway, it's still huge numbers and yet still same the same 11 up. Yeah, Uh, and I think that's obscene. Three hundred
1: down and eleven up is not the way. And the the place where I use and view things on my Plex server is not the place where my Plex server lives. And let's just say it can be pretty frustrating that I could have much better quality stuff if my poor little
0: you're you're quote unquote uploading from your office to your house or vice versa. Correct, correct,
1: correct, yeah, that's right. Which
0: is ridiculous anyway my connection is very old Mm -hmm. i have like the first fios that you could get more or less um and i can't actually go much faster than i am now without them replacing my fios box thingy but i don't want anyone to touch anything in my house at this Uh point because right you live i I have uh, i think uh 50 50 so 50 up 50 down or maybe 75 up 75 down something like that Which which is nothing compared to your download speed but is you know seven times your upload speed.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That that's really interesting. Did I use the right term when I said ISDN?
0: Uh you did. ISBN is the book thing.
1: Is, ISDN is Okay, so is, I I, yeah. I got it wrong at getting it wrong. Yeah, ISDN. ISDN what I remember for, was back in the day you had... Oh, go ahead, please. Show me what oh, you know. There was just a joke about that. It Internet, sounds darn nice. Internet support <laughs> digital network. <laughs> that's the network. age of my jokes.
0: Is that uh, back back in the day, ISDN was better than an analog modem, So, but no one could get it in their house, so it mm-hmm. was. It sounds darn nice. In actuality, ISDN <laughs> doesn't sound nice at all. Uh, that's good. Yes, it's a bad... Uh, but it, it's ridiculous that we ever thought of it, because the maximum speed of ISDN is
1: like, you know, it's 10 <laughs> times the speed of a modem, but it's crap by today's standards. But, well, as long as we're going down memory lane, here's what I remember. Uh, I always had dial-up connections, um, either through... Um, the university at first and then increasingly through like local places, like $15 a month or $40 a month or whatever it was. At first it was 40. Then I think it was 15 for like a lo- lo- local, provider, which was uh, I believe 28, eight or 36 eventually. Um, and I had that until I moved to San Francisco where we had DSL from AT and T, but what I what I remember at the time was, and you you can tell me I'm using all these terms wrong, but there was like everybody pretty much had dial up, unless they were on uh, like a university or government, then they were on usually a T one or a T three. A T one's made of T threes, is that right? I think it's the opposite. T3s made Uh, of T1s. But I think that supposedly the thing that made ISDN great, which is why it was good for stuff like, you know, if you needed to call into NPR, you could use ISDN if you could get access to it. Supposedly the thing that was great was A, you got the same very fast speed for the time up and down, but also that it was just crazy consistent. Like I remember back in the day, you drop stuff into fetch and it was, first it was like, it seemed, I don't know if this is just the, the way that it was calculating wrong, but you, but, uploads would start really fast and then slow down and keep slowing down and then get to a steady state eventually. But supposedly with ISDN, if you had, I don't know, let's say 20 megabits, I might be high, probably 10. If you had like 10 megabits up and down, it was a solid pulsing 10 megabits uninterrupted in both directions, which made it very steady and knowable as a way of, of moving, especially media data, data around. Is that accurate? I never
0: actually used ISDN because, again, I don't think it was available to a lot of people. But I think the data rates may have been lower than you thought. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page now trying to see what is the maximum data rate that ISDN ever worked at. But I'm pretty sure it's laughable by, by modern standards.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if it was laughable. And it, this, is a, this is a standard that was defined in
0: 1988. to give Oh, you my gosh. Average, but, <laughs> so it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the fact, I mean, what it actually stands for is an integrated services digital network. And yeah, the idea is that you can have a phone on the thing and, you know, it's it's integrated. It's you could use telephone lines and have data go over to the same. So it's one of those country and Western.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Old,
0: old school. Uh,
1: 60 144
0: but anyway the the wow. asymmetry of internet connections in the u.s is just ridiculous because it's not like back in the day it's like well what, what are you ever going to upload unless you're one of those weird people who runs a server you don't need upload bandwidth but in, but in the age of two way video everything every time you video call to somebody like i mean i do facetime it's like, uh, with my parents and they have a crappy internet connection and like it's like Why are they blurry and we can't see them and they're jumping around? Because their upload speeds are awful and I can't even get like an HD FaceTime thing from them when their phones are on Wi-Fi. It's almost better for them to turn off Wi-Fi and use the cell network to to FaceTime over. Um, So yeah, I think that uh, no one should have a, you know, 300 down and 11 up
1: uh, internet connection. But aren't people getting like, uh, not a terabyte down, but aren't there people that are getting like 1000 megabit? connections. A gigabit?
0: Yeah. Those are, the, those are the, the fancy fiber people like Google fiber or whatever. You said you had some fiber option in your house, but you couldn't do it. To I, your we house couldn't.
1: Remote. There's no electric that can get to there. And it was very frustrating to Mr. Sonic when he came out because he had actually rigged up the wire is like literally hanging off our house and like it's well, sitting I mean, there.
0: You can you can make electricity to go to different. Parts no, you house. don't want to do that. You don't want to do that in our house. I mean, you don't want to do that. because It's not your house. Well, but, you
1: know. no. Oh, God. No, no, no. Oh, no. Believe me. I pay for everything in our house. I don't call our landlord about anything. Um, It's just better that way. Um, got a plumber coming tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, no, I don't see any way to do that. And honestly, you know, when the Comcast thing came along, I learned about it in a funny way, which was, I forget how it started, but, but a listener said, Hey, you know, you keep talking about your Comcast, um, connection. Like, have you tried this? Um, I think it's an heiress and I think it's basically an updated surfboard. It's like you know, if you tried this, maybe it's got this technology and that technology and that technology. I bought one, I hooked it up, and even with my old connection, it was already like way faster. And so I looked into it, and like it was like eighty bucks a month to get uh, three hundred down, which is <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, uh, my daughter lost a lost a tooth tonight, and uh, I did a video of it and sent it to the family. And it's it's funny though, because as fast as that connection is down. Um, I mean, you can notice, you can notice it huffing and puffing. Like if I send you a video, like I, it does not feel anywhere near what it's like to download something. Yeah. And to be fair, most
0: compressed video sh- in theory shouldn't even saturate your upload bandwidth, but the that 10 measured you get again, depending on what you're measuring it against may not be representative real world bandwidth to an actual other point in the in- other specific point in the internet and not just like the speed test server that you're hitting. Mm
1: hmm. Okay. So that's why it's crazy.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Too much asymmetry. Uh, not enough upload bandwidth and a huge download bandwidth by, I think by us standards. I mean, again, your, your download bandwidth is six times mine or whatever.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very satisfied with it. And like I also said to you and Todd, the part that's funny is I, I, they've stopped sending me the Jason Snell notices at this point. It used to be up until I got that upgrade, like, like I hadn't even gotten it. So, so Snell was the first person I knew who got the nasty gram from Comcast that said, okay. You're using your over, how much was it? It's like a gig, gig a month. That can't be right. No, obviously it's not a gig. It must be a terabyte a month, something like that. But you've, you know, you've used this. Okay. All right. There's your first warning. Then second warning. Then third warning. And uh, I immediately, as soon as I got this faster connection, we immediately went through three straight months of the nasty grams. And now they just bill me. Half of my bill is overage right now.
0: Yeah, that's another terrible thing about the fact that there's O'Bridge. The nice thing about uh, Fios is I've, I've had it since I've, it's been available. At this point, it's been over a decade or whatever. Uh, when I had Comcast, that was back in the age when they were occasionally sending you nasty grams. Cause Did they you think
1: get a like, Did you ever get a DMCA? Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I got one for like, downloading an episode of The Sopranos or something. So, but it, to-
1: it told you specifically this file from this place was downloaded mm-hmm, to your computer. Mm-hmm, really? Yep. <gasps> that's so creepy. Yep. I've never gotten one.
0: Yeah, uh, I but anyway, that, that was back in the the, the Comcast slash Media One days. Uh, FiOS never mails me about anything. There is no such thing as overages, and I'm using plenty of bandwidth. Believe me, like even just just uploading like the multiple gigabytes of like digital files I upload for like viewing on the incomparable. I think thing about or your, just your
1: photos, you know, alone. Yeah, or yeah, just push
0: just pushing up my photos. Or I guess what I'm gonna I'm gonna back up my I'm gonna re back up my four and a half terabytes of, of photo data to two new backup services over the course of the next week. Nothing, just
1: not a peep from them. It's amazing. I want to, uh, that's not important, but I'm kind of curious what my uh, usage looks like since we did this. Yeah. Anyway, I'm real happy with it. It's, um, you know, it is with all technology stuff where as soon as you get the new version, whether it's the new, new updated hardware or you get the new connection, it feels like impossibly faster for a couple hours, crazy faster for a day. And after, you know, after about a week, you stop noticing. The speed, usually you stop noticing the speed, Mm -hmm. right? Fair enough. And like, I kind of feel like I'm still like real happy with it. It's, it's real plucky. It's plucky enough that I can do a thing that I never used to be able to do with any previous connection, which is to say, I can tell when something is not working optimally. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I used to be back in the day, in the days before Google, if you're ever wondering whether your internet connection was up, what do you do? You go to yahoo.com and look how fast yahoo.com comes up. Right, that used to be before there was stuff like speed tests commonly used. That was always the way you go, like, hmm, like is this down for everyone or just me? Like, is it my connection? You go to you go to Yahoo, right? And nowadays, like, if something is not loading up, I know, not know, but I can quickly suss out when it's probably like a software issue or you know something 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 goofy is going on. But it is very rarely. I mean, like I showed you with uh, Spider Man. You we were talking about the crazy sizes of these things. How how much, how big did I say the Spider-Man was? It was like.
0: It was like 30 gigs or something. I was telling you like a Destiny update with yeah. like 75
1: gigs. Right, right, right. But Spider-Man, it took like 20 minutes and boom, we had Spider-Man. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Simple Contacts. you can learn more about Simple Contacts right now by visiting simplecontacts.com slash diffs20 you probably have a bunch of stuff that demands your time. You got work to do. You got side projects to complete. You know, you might want to play a video game now and then, but uh, luckily you don't have to worry about ordering your contact lenses. No more. Not with Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts lets you renew your prescription and reorder your contacts online. So you can do it from anywhere in just minutes. Their self-guided vision test takes about five minutes. It's way faster than taking time off to go to the doctor's office. A licensed doctor reviews every test, so you can skip that office visit, but not the care that you need. Now, we need to let you know this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You should still do that. But Simple Contacts will check that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and will renew your lenses based on that prescription and uh, they are not writing completely new prescriptions or examining your eye health. Simple Contacts have all the brands and lens types you're already familiar with. Their vision test costs just $20. The prices of the contact lenses are unbeatable, and standard shipping is free. On top of all of that, they have a special offer just for listeners of Reconcilable Differences. You can join the other 5,000 people who have rated Simple Contacts five stars in the App Store, and right now you get $20 off your contacts by going to simplecontacts.com diffs20, And using the very special offer code DIFFS20, that's D-I-F-F-S-2-0, simplecontacts.com slash DIFFS20, offer code DIFFS20 for $20 off. It's there right in the name. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I think you live uh, unintentionally. You live differently when you have different speeds. And I I know I see this when we go, whether it's when we go camping or when we go, you know, you've heard my horror stories about, like, running into my bandwidth cap two days into a five-day trip and stuff like that. It makes me really antsy now. I hate to admit it about myself. I'm not proud of it. But, like, I feel really impoverished when I can't do basic stuff. You know, it just feels – it's strange. But that's how a lot of people live. There is a digital divide that still exists to this day. And, like, you just – you really – you, in my case, you don't see it. I don't see it unless I go outside my neighborhood. Welcome to the resistance, as you say. Yes. <laughs> How's it going?
0: We so got a couple of items to follow up here.
1: We got some follow up. We got some mini topics. We got some good topics. Topics. Um, mm-hmm. Can we get one thing out of the way? Mm-hmm. WTF? Well, I, I thought I thought you had made a personal commitment to refactor the document. Why would you think that? Because I ask you to,
0: yeah, but that's the whole point of the homework section. We ask each other to do things all the time. They just go into the homework section and they sit there, all right, closing the bug. This thing is um, a mess. What so, a mess the, the, I've been thinking about the document, so here's the problem with the document my and, and me making me making changes to it the only, like I, I don't want to remove the system entirely, because I feel like we have this history of like uh, of keeping old shows in the document. Right. And I don't want to throw that away, even though it would make things much simpler. It's, it's, you
1: don't want to, it's you history. don't want to throw it the history. Right. You can go so over I to wanted... the side and you can hit, uh, what is it? Control A, Control H, uh, show document outline. You ever do that? And you can see all our old shows down yeah, the side. I know, I know about, I know about we love sidebars. Yeah. Um, so
0: I want what I wanted was a better system for keeping the document more or less the way it is and just having a better system for, for, uh, resetting it for each show, and I've been thinking about better systems for that. I haven't come up with anything quite okay. yet. But I'm not ready to delete a bunch of seconds just because I think they're not necessary because you use them. And so, well, who am I to delete yeah. them, right? So I just I just want to come up with a better algorithm this, document, is, this document I haven't come to up dab. with it yet. Yeah. So, anyway, I, if I'm, I'm thinking about a better algorithm for managing the document. In the meantime, it continues to persist in its current form.
1: Okay, so we've got, uh, we've got follow-up. That's one, one item done. Uh, John did not fix the document as I had requested. Shirking his... Dude. Oh, you want the quick uh, update on uh, homework? Yeah, the aftercare homework situation. Aftercare homework situation. Got an email. So my wife, my wife, wrote... <clears throat> she's so good. She always does this because she's so the best at this. If I had to have a job, I would love to work with my wife. She's so good at, at this stuff. Um, she's such a grown-up. It's really revolting.
0: What do you think your reviews would be like?
1: <laughs> but like I do stuff with index, index cards. I think I'm a very useful yeah. member of the team.
0: Merlin shows potential potential.
1: Uh. <laughs> anyway, so your wife, after Carol Mark. So she wrote. She wrote to the principal, wrote a very, very nice, perfect, two short paragraph email, which is a perfect length for this kind of email. Did she well, run it by you before she sent it? Hell no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, only wakes, you valuable input. she only wakes me for the important meetings. Yeah. And she uh, she's like, hey, you know, um, we've had some concerns about this thing. You know, she's in fifth grade. She needs to do the homework. And uh, we've been told that this, it doesn't start till 4.15, D, D. And uh, we got one of those, you know, thank you for your message kind of notes. Kind of frustrating. But boom, like out, out of the blue, uh, I want to say like late last week, we get an email from the aftercare people, and they said, we, we've we heard from people, and we've listened, and now you don't have to do motion madness when school is over. You can choose to walk over to the picnic tables and work on homework for an hour.
0: Is motion madness a branded thing, or is that just your name for something?
1: I don't know. No, that's the name they use. They call it MM.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, pretty creative insensitive to the mad people but people afflicted with madness
1: oh yeah i know super normative um so you know the problem is now you know um i love my kid she's kind of sensitive sometimes and she's very not into the idea of trying it again because a lot of her part of it is also a lot of her homework is on the chromebook you know like she does two blog posts a week she has to respond. This is setting aside the workbook of math that she has to do every week. She also has like a something involving like there's one where you read an article and respond to it. There's one where you do the quote of the week and respond to it. Uh, two blog posts a week. Um, that's all just the standard stuff. So a lot of it does have to is best done on the Chromebook, but. Uh, if she could just knock out the math for the first hour i'd be so happy. Anyway, that's the update. The update is i'm still not thrilled. i still don't love the way the places run, but good for them for listening uh to the response from people like us, and i am very grateful they did that.
0: Do you feel like it was like a movement? Like you were you were just one part of a of a large email campaign or do you think that one email is it?
1: I have a cognitive bias here, which is i was as they say in the business loaded for bear on this issue. I was goddamn mad about this issue, so every time I talked to one of the other moms, I'd sidle up. <laughs> I'd say, hey, how's it going? Oh yeah, how's how Scooter doing? Good. Hey, um so what do you think about this whole no homework allowed at aftercare thing? Is that a thing you're talking about? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. They're not very nice. And they want to do homework. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're emailing them about that. You might want to email about that too. They call it brigading or call-out culture. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh-huh. The, the Whisper Network. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think other people did. Other people did. And here's the thing. Uh, how does one say? One will not say. There are things mm, uh, racially and uh, culturally about us that make us want to uh, have her do her homework. I'm just here to tell you there is a contingent of folks at my school that are beyond pro-homework. These are the kids that are like when they're not at school, they're in a class about class. I'm just here to tell you, I live in a neighborhood in which it is very common for kids to basically like be on some kind of Stanford track. And those parents get super mad if there's not extensive homework every night. So so you're not, you're not even the hard line. I'm so the, not nearly the hard line. No, I'm talking about like the 5% parents who will go in there and just be in there like twice or three times a week. Just like where, what is happening with this? We've talked about this. My child is going to be going into sixth grade before they go to Stanford. They need to be getting an equivalent amount of homework every night. My child is not unhappy yet. Please give them more homework to be sad mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you ever see that? Is that just me? I I am
0: aware of the existence of this. Like, but don't you will see it in my we, circles we not, that
1: much. You not stipulate that that is a thing.
0: It is definitely a thing, especially when I was growing up. I saw it, it. seemed I felt like I saw it a lot more among my peers growing up than I do among my kids' peers now. But maybe I'm just less aware of it.
1: I live in a neighborhood with a lot of people whose background, for whatever reason, let's just say they are they are extremely ambitious and have very very high standards for their kids, which is great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But you can. Ju- there's a certain real intense intensity to dealing with some of these folks, and I've seen it at meetings and. um this sounds terrible the way that I'm saying this. It's not, it's not necessarily like a, 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 we don't need to break it down into into groups, but I'm just saying that like, I know it's a huge thing at the school. So no, I don't think I was anywhere near, I just, you know what else? I don't like being bossed. I think I have authority issues. And I, 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 mm, I don't like, I don't like people presuming that they have any domain over certain parts of my life that I have never ceded to them. So, and I feel the same way on my daughter's behalf, which she despises. So like this year, you, you don't even take orders from yourself. No, I, 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 ignore them. I'm yes. No excuse, sir. Um, but this year, for example, they're doing all kinds of dumb stuff like, oh, now guess what? Okay. Every kid, if you want to go to the bathroom during class, you have to use one of your bathroom passes for the semester.
0: Yeah, you mentioned this to me. This, this seems uh, Dickensian, maybe. Is that the right I word? I
1: introduced my daughter to that word literally this morning, Dickensian. Yes, yes. And, and you know, she said, well, here's my sheet of bathroom things. I said, oh, you know what? You don't need to use those because if you need to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom mm-hmm. um, is the thing. And, and she's like, please, please don't embarrass me. Please do not talk to my teacher. He's so <laughs> nice. He's so nice. She, she's so Stockholm Syndrome with, with, with this guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I like him <laughs> a lot, but like, no, no, you know, here's the thing. Uh, my daughter is not going to grow up in a world where men tell her when she can go to the bathroom
0: mm-hmm. is,
1: is a line in the sand that you're going to have to be okay with. So save yourself a sheet of paper. She's not doing it excessively. She's a sweet, precious angel. And don't tell women when they can go to the bathroom. More
0: men. See, you realize if you, if you actually talked to this guy about it, he'd be like... Uh, listen, dumb dad, uh, you think kids ask to go to the bathroom when they need to go to the bathroom, but I've been a teacher for 4,000 years, and I can tell you the kids ask to go to the bathroom when they don't feel like being in class and they go move off. And that's why I have the system and blah, 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 blah. And then what are you going to say to that?
1: Well, what I will say to that is I have seen a certain strain of let's punish the whole class for one to six bad kids. I know for a fact my kid is not one of those one to six kids. She's terrified of even appearing to break a rule at any point in her life. And I think the I the, i, I want to trust these folks because they are the pros and they know what they're doing. But at the same time, when, when stuff like that comes up and when it comes up like three times in a week, the hairs on my neck go up a little bit because I do want my kid to, to well, whatever, get better and toughen up and get smart and all the kinds of stuff you need to go to middle school. But at the same time, like I also am extremely... Um, sensitive to stuff that encourages the kind of terrible thinking about oneself that that people like us grew up with. I'm very, I I know this sounds like a coddling thing, but like you're just supposed to feel bad about yourself all the time for your thought crimes, let alone your deed crimes. And I really, I'm I'm really, especially having a, a girl child. I'm really sensitive to that. Maybe too sensitive to that, but I, Anytime somebody tries to start pushing somebody around or trying to catch them up in some kind of a net that will cause them to feel crappy about themselves when they haven't done anything wrong is she's got plenty of time to be beaten down by life. I want her to be built up, 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 you know, in a a positive way, not just shining her on, but like, I don't know, man, I just get real sensitive about that. Talk me out of it.
0: Yeah, I bet the teachers. Uh, some some teachers, uh, collective punishment is a cornerstone of their teaching
1: technique, and not not a thing. Yeah, to now, be... now now we just won't go on a field trip because Jimmy couldn't sit still.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, that that's how the world works. Yeah. I always wonder. Like, so this seems very. You know, seems we've very all, emotional we all met thing. teachers like that. Yeah, we've all met teachers like that. But then, like at a certain point, I feel like even in in our academic careers, you may in fact stumble upon a health teacher or a social studies teacher or some teacher who has a bent or the, uh, uh, in this direction who will explain the concepts of collective punishment and why it's generally frowned upon. And I always wonder, like, does that teacher talk to the other teacher in the, in the teacher's lounge f- fill with smoke or does a light bulb go on the kid's head and say, wait a second, collective punishment. That's ringing. A- you know what? <laughs> like, like do they start putting it together, like in the actual school, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, okay, so uh again, being somebody who has no actual knowledge of this in the domain, but has some reckons, the most dangerous man title. Um I'll tell you I'll tell you red flag number one, and I, I do not accuse this her teacher of this, but I have seen this. Uh red flag number one. Does that collective punishment cause a great deal more or less work and effort for the person who is giving the punishment? I have a yeah, lot I, Yeah. I have a lot more respect for somebody who creates work for themselves by giving punishments. People, oh,
0: oh, no, I don't, I don't have respect for it because, like, it, it shows that it's, it's purely punitive and has nothing to do with making anyone's life easier. Like, it's the worst.
1: But I'm talking, about, I'm talking about, like, okay, so your idea of, you know, it's like when they do those dumb games, like, let's have a contest to see who can go the longest without talking kind of things. Um, but, like, if, if your punishment involves you having the teacher having to do a lot less work, that's a red flag for me.
0: I mean, I think it's a red flag in either direction because when it, when it creates more work, when when the when it's like a, a vicious cycle that the behavior worsens and the punishments increase and the behaviors and just everyone is miserable and nothing gets done academically because the entire school day is is all about this war over the punishment system. It is making more work for the teacher, and yet is it's and almost it's making, it's making
1: everything emotional in a way that's utterly unnecessary.
0: Right, and and then it's like, what was your goal? What was the What was the end goal here? Was it to yeah. like, were we trying to maintain discipline for the purposes of increasing education? And you you, you received the opposite effect. But th- instead, the most important thing is that the authority figure win, right? And then it <laughs> just becomes this, this uh, terrible power struggle. I mean, I don't I don't see a lot of that in, in teachers uh, these days. I saw a lot of it when I was a student, but uh, thus far, I haven't seen it really. I haven't caught a, even a whiff of it really anywhere. Um, maybe 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 I'm missing it, or maybe I'm just lucky. I feel like my kids would complain bitterly about it given the way that they've been raised and uh, how little it they experience in life. They would uh, cry foul immediately, but who knows?
1: Yeah, I guess. Also, um, mm, uh, uh, uh. this kind of relates to what we talked about last week with work and managers and the way uh There's just this whole constellation of issues at work that kind of boil down to what's easy to manage or what do I choose to manage? People like to manage things that they understand. They like to understand the the things that they manage and they like to feel important through the acquisition and disbursement of information. Um, But if you're going to do that as part of your job, I would, I would posit that it is very wise to ask what you're helping to produce by moving that information around. That's just an example from last week, right? We talked about how difficult and uh, time-consuming it can be to just keep somebody in the loop, right? We talked about that, and so in this case, like I guess sometimes, and and again, maybe this is maybe there's some like grand unified theory of the month that explains this, but like I do frequently find myself saying (laughs) again to quote Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, "What is this in service of? Like, if this goes great from your POV, what will the children have learned?" And I feel like. If the answer to that is that you're a mercurial character that can get frustrated into starting to count to three, uh, I'm not sure that's a great lesson for anybody. And I think it makes you look a little, little bit of a tool. It makes you look a little bit like unsuited for the job if you make your bad day and experience with the kids something that everybody has to share in your sadness. I've I've learned to fear pursuing that line of questioning because
0: uh, what I always tend to find out which I find infinitely more depressing is you know you pursue that hoping that they will they will come around and see do you see how do you see what this leads to do you see the absurdity and they instead of leading it to something that is revealed to be absurd they'll they'll go into the absurdity and land on it triumphantly saying it teaches them that they have to pay attention to what I'm saying.
1: Mhm. This is how this is what life this is what life is like.
0: You were hoping that they would they would come to that conclusion and realize the stupidity of it, but instead they triumphantly arrive at that conclusion, sword held high, and say, "Ha ha! Don't you see now? Yeah, it's like no, we have a fundamental disagreement. That has nothing to do with the chain of logic that leads to that."
1: <laughs> yeah, now we're in a different orchard. That's that's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm, but I mean, like mm-hmm. you know, something that I, I used to say a lot. I guess I'm back to work and kind of in 43 folders, and it's this phrase I use over and over again. But whenever I'm thinking about development. Whether that's in productivity, you think about change, and I I always I find myself talking about and thinking about the importance of um, how do you put this? you, You begin by you begin by sort of like observing something differently or seeing something different from before, and if you do that right, that can enable you to learn to think differently about something or be open to the idea that your thinking can change, and then importantly. I'm not saying this always works, but it's kind of a cycle. And the, other, the next thing is that you learn to behave differently. So in some ways, another way to put that is if everything goes great and it doesn't always do that, if you observe better, you might learn to think better. And if you think better, you might learn to react, behave, and do better. And I, I realize that's a lofty goal, but that's something I think about. If I apply that in this situation, what is it that the kids just learn from you? I, I'm kind of repeating myself, but but like walk me through this. So... You know, you counted to three, and they did it anyway. And now you said, okay, uh, this kid threw a ball. So, uh, Well, this is an actual real story. So you don't get recessed tomorrow, and everybody has to do PE again. Okay. Tell me, having them having seen that, them having the opportunity to think about that, now you, young scholar, please tell me what they should be doing differently once that has happened. Because I'm not sure what what the great answer to that is. The do, you, do you rat you out your friends? Do you do you have a blanket party? Yeah, no. Like, the,
0: the, the monkeys pile on to the, the monkey that goes to take the banana, even though none of them has ever seen the fire hose, whatever the hell that thing is, right? <laughs> You're training them to... Wow,
1: you went full on Dr. Phil for a minute. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember that one? I got the monkey with a hose, and now the other monkeys never even owned a banana. We, we've discussed
0: that, that on this show, but <laughs> yeah, I don't remember I don't remember it because... Remember, that's like there's mm. like a... A banana in a cage the monkey goes over <laughs> You're it. you so and, and, and,
1: bad at these.
0: Yeah, monkey, I know. Well, but do you remember? It? Monkey do you remember the
1: banana. Google yeah. monkey host banana. I don't okay. remember
0: who it was. A, it was a banana and a the, of the five monkeys experiment. Is
1: that what it is? Uh, the five monkeys experiment never happened. A group of scientists placed five monkeys in a cage, Ladder on top. Every time a monkey went up the ladder, the scientists soaked the rest of the monkeys with cold water.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the variants, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, you just, they just keep replacing the monkeys until they until any new monkey that comes into the cage tries to go up the ladder, all the other ones stop it, even though they have no idea why they're doing it. Oh, cut the ends off the roast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the like ends off the roast. But it's also combined like what you're teaching is that that, that uh, collective, you know, the collective punishment is teaching the, the kids to police themselves because if anyone does anything wrong, it's the same thing you learn in military school, right? If mm-hmm. anyone does anything wrong, you all just... so. supposed to it creates a unit of cohesion. It makes them all hate the authority figure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I mean. I don't know, I'm getting emotional about this because this is, this is a weird year. There's some things that have been going so great this year and other things that, um, I don't know, it's weird to be in your last year at an elementary school. It's, it's, it feels different. They treat you different. There's just a whole lot about it. I don't know if you had this, but it feels different. I, I think a lot of it has to do with that the faculty, staff um, and administrators uh, have a very sensible interest in satisfying and recruiting the youngest parents. If you look at a, a, a record of participation, so there used to be this, this thing on the wall. I don't know if they have any more, but it was a, a thing on the wall with the sixth grades on it, K through five. And then there would be like a, like a little apple for each parent that was volunteering to do stuff. And the kindergarten oh, is
0: it like, it's like a, a,
1: a <laughs> sticker chart for your potty training, but for parents. <laughs> exactly. You made a doodle in your basket <laughs> Yeah, you get exactly. A sticker. Exactly. Yeah. No, but you can guess what happens. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> The K level is like overrun with little apples. And in first grade, K and one are both real real full. And second's pretty good. Third, really petering off. Four, wow, what happened? Fifth grade, there was hardly any apples. And I I, I remember noticing that and being very proud of myself as an extremely, as a uh, like my, my wife's been a room parent. She's been the treasurer of the PTA. She's super involved in the past with the school and I don't know man. I think that the I think a lot of the efforts might go to the younger grades because I don't know. You know what? I'm just talking out of my ass now. But
0: I mean like you do you do want the kids to eventually become more independent like you you're preparing them for, you know, for the next year where there's going to be but the kids making out in the, the hall. But the
1: parents is what I'm saying. I'm going to be gone in 9 months. I'm not even going to be there anymore in 9 months. They got a lot more to worry about with yeah. with the local homeowner who has a 5-year-old.
0: Uh, but they don't know, like, they don't know, I mean, maybe they do know, but, like, kids have siblings, right? So, you, one kid mm-hmm, may pass through the elementary school and leave, but there may be a new one entering, and, you know, you don't know how long the chain goes. So.
1: Right, right. Well, especially because that's the way it works here. This is changing even more uh, soon, which is really cool, but it used to be a total lottery in San Francisco. I mean, it was mental. It was clearly designed by single people in the middle of town uh, in positions of power, but it was a total lottery. There was a very, very... There, there's a very small chance that you might even go to your neighborhood school. And that changed a few years ago, luckily before my kids started school, thankfully. But, you know, it is a weighted lottery in the sense of you provide a list of all of the elementary, all the schools that you'd like your kid to go to. And if you live nearby, if you, if importantly, if you had a sibling there before you, and especially if there's a sibling there now, you have a much greater chance of getting into that school. What you, can be, you can be an elementary school legacy. You could be a legacy. That's right. That's enough about that. Preparing, this preparing them for the nepotism later in life. Oh, boy. It looks like it's really actually a thing, John. Huh? You think? You think nah. nepotism and privilege might actually be a thing?
0: Nah. Hmm.
1: Five minutes, Five well, minutes the, per the standard, story really They kid. tell
0: children to frighten them at night. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> of the next seven
1: presidents, two she was working in the r- office of equal opportunity, strangely enough, and the man had a can of Coca-Cola. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Hello. You can learn more about Hello right now by visiting hellopillow.com slash diffs. That's H-U-L-L-O-Pillow.com slash diffs. Hello make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows i don't know if you ever tried a buckwheat pillow but it's pretty different from your regular fluffy gross pillows it supports your head and neck and it doesn't collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows boo traditional pillows hello stays cool and dry compared to feather or foam pillows plus buckwheat tends to breathe better meaning it won't get you all warm and humid gross no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow because it's always cool it's buckwheat look it up You can add or remove filling to suit your needs so your pillow can be just the way you like it. This is what I have done. I've actually purchased three Hello pillows with my own money because I like a super-sized pillow. I go in, I add extra buckwheat, make it real big, get a big boy. Super comfortable. Turns out people have actually been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for years. This is a fact. They're very popular in Japan, like anime. And apparently, they also appear on the pillow menus at fancy hotels. I got to do that sometime. I've got to do that. Like I say, I like these things. I like them a lot. I sleep on one. Every other pillow, no offense, but every other pillow feels like trash to me after this. I like to get it just the way I want, smash my face into it, and I get real comfortable. I like Mia. Hello. Now, here's the nice thing. Hello is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled right here in the United States. So here's the deal. You're probably curious to try one of these by now, and you can. You can sleep on a hollow pillow for 60 nights, and if it isn't right for you, just send it back for a refund. That's a pretty good offer. So head on over to hollow pillows.com slash diffs. That's H-U-L-L-O-Pillow.com slash diffs. D-I-F F S. Right now you're gonna get your own buckwheat pillow. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to twenty dollars off depending on which size you opt for. They have fast free shipping with every order, and one percent of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Nothing wrong with that. Give it a try. If you love it, keep it. And if you don't, just send it back. One last time, it's hellopillow.com slash diffs. Head on over there right now. Do us a favor. Our thanks to Hello for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, Do you want to do further follow-up on my TV? Do you want to voir near me about my settings?
0: Yeah, it's that quickie on that one, because uh, you mentioned the it whole, offhand. Well, you
1: tell, tell the people how this started. It started because Todd joined uh, uh, into our, our, our Most Liesly, uh Death Squad uh, call here. He jumped in, and uh, he had follow-up for the program. Would you share that with our listeners?
0: Oh, I wasn't going to address this particular follow-up, because oh. I did, I, I, I'm not sure uh, which aspect of
1: you wanted to— He had follow-up to, uh, for the Reconcilable Differences program, as he gratefully often does, and that was, he's like, yes, I did go and watch— succession, and I think he said something along the lines of, it is indeed very dark at the beginning. He thought your TV was too bright. That's he why you were thought seeing my band. TV was too bright. Then that's why and I was so you seeing ma- band. You mentioned some stuff
0: about your TV. In the past, you've said that you feel like you have uh, a good setup, uh, but in, the, in the, the conversation, you mentioned something about your television saying, here's what I have it set to. And you Cinema said you had it four. set to yeah. Send him a home or expert dark or whatever. And you didn't give enough information for me to know whether what's actually going on there, but I just feel like this is a, this is a good, uh, learning opportunity for the listeners and for you, if this is what you're doing, but it probably isn't.
1: No, 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 actually, no, I, I'm not defensive. I actually am hundred percent open to this. We have to fight. We have to fight our TV a little bit. It's a it's really, it's a 55 inch, um, 4k UHD TV. That looks fantastic. We fight it a little bit in the afternoon um when the light's coming in from the west so the the setting that i mostly leave it on looks pretty great in the dark and is still viewable during the day and i don't think i've tweaked it i think it is a stock i think it's a stock uh what's it called what i call it preset yeah but what is it called expert dark so yeah, so I, I, I had gone through and done the Tings thing at one point, but you got to do that like per input device. And I don't know if I ever went back and redid the exact rating Tings setting uh, with the new Apple TV.
0: Yeah, so the uh, my advice on setting up televisions is that For the most part, and this is the thing you'll find on the internet, but for the most part, like, televisions come with a bunch of preset settings. They have names, Mm -hmm. the names are just fanciful names or whatever the people companies come up with. Very often, they're translated from another language, and they don't make a lot of sense. But, you know, that that Cinema Home, Expert Dark, uh, Movies Theater, there's always one called, like, Vivid or whatever, where it totally screws up your television set for... Display attracting people in stores it or makes whatever. your whole like tv
1: a, look like a child's toy it like makes yeah, almost like, like, primary the, like colors. the attract
0: mode in in all uh, video games from the arcade or whatever but worse um well there's a lot of settings like that and one thing you will find in television reviews uh, very often they will tell you uh, well here's the thing about the presets uh, depending on the television they do this this infuriating thing where sometimes you can't add new settings you only have to work with the settings that are there and sometimes you can only change certain aspects of the picture quality if you start from one of the settings with a particular name like for a long time in, in the dark ages the only mode that would show all the pixels and a television signal was like the pc mode because when they thought right. when you when you showed you know a computer on your television you'd want to see like the menu bar in your mac and if they did the overscan thing you couldn't see it but all the other modes uh would cut off the pixels and do overscan as if you're on a crt or something like that uh, that's that. That's that's changed, you know, these days. But you may get a television where in order to change these three settings about the picture quality, you have to start from the cinema mode, from the expert mode, or whatever. Some televisions are just uniform, and those names are just names for presets or whatever. That's, well, the art, the art things for mine had me start, I'm pretty sure, with that setting. Yeah, and the second thing about the presets is... Uh, regardless of if they're all uniform or not. And when they're non-uniform, it's really terrible, especially if they make you make a decision about, well, you can use this preset and change this set. It's you use that preset. But anyway, even if they're uniform, either way, usually there's some setting that most reviews will tell you, this is the closest to decent picture quality. And so all of the things being equal, start from this setting and then start tweaking things. Like if you're wondering which of these presets that comes out of the box is closest to not being, you know, ridiculous, Mm -hmm. this is the one. But the the actual final advice on, on all these cases is none of the settings out of the box are ever going to be as close to correct as the television could be and if you really want your thing to look good you have to actually manually calibrate your television set in your room in the conditions that you want to see it using a, a calibration app or whatever and inevitably the calibration that you land on will be different than any of the presets maybe not in big ways but it'll be different than any of the presets and it's possible that it will also be different from the configuration presets that you downloaded from the internet because television sets vary from you know set to set it's less so now with uh, with OLED than I think it was back in the plasma days but television sets age television sets vary viewing conditions vary so if you really want to uh in, make sure like uh, so you can be sure that, that Todd's uh idea that perhaps you might have your television too bright and you, that's why you're seeing banding calibrate it like uh-huh. get a calibration app sit down with it in the lighting conditions that you want pick a preset and calibrate and yes it's a pain in the ass you got to do it for different inputs It's one of the reasons why having a receiver makes it easier because you can send anything through, everything through the receiver and the receiver just has one input so you just have to do it one time um, uh-huh. but then you, course you might have game mode and stuff like that it is a pain i'm not going to say it's not a pain uh, so it's kind of like a scale it's like doing nothing is really terrible Uh, picking a reasonable preset is this next level up. Finding out which preset is actually the closest to being accurate is the next step up. And then the final step is don't use any of the presets. Find out which one is the closest and calibrate it from there. Find out which one gives you the most settings. Very often the expert settings Hmm. give you the most things. And calibrating is... It's onerous. I'm not going to say it's not. It's No one it's, wants to sit there and probably tell I, I,
1: I want to hear, because now that you said that, you have to tell me what you use for that. And I got to hear you complain about how if you use this one thing, the 24p flicker is going to yeah, be it, different. No, but first, yeah. but first, but first, here's what I do. What I do is I hold the LG remote in my hand, and if I'm sitting in the room watching TV, and I think it should look different, I go and I cycle through, I hit the dingus, and I cycle through all <laughs> of them twice and stay on the one that looks good right now. uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Well, because if, yeah, like, if she's watching the world of, of Gumball, that's really different from me watching Godfather... You know, she's watching that at 5 in the afternoon. That's really different from me watching Godfather 2 at 11 o'clock.
0: Yeah, so the, the goal of, of calibration is to get a setting where everything looks the way it's supposed to look. Because most things are not created for television in a way... Like, they're mastered according to a particular standard. You know, that I figure what the, the whole all the standards are for color reproduction or whatever. And so, in theory, every show is created so that it will look okay if your television set is ca- exactly calibrated to the standards that the show was like created for. So you shouldn't that have sounds to like a fantasy. It's not though. If you if you get your television set reasonably calibrated, everything will look okay. Like I never change my settings. I'm af- after spending way too much time calibrating it and occasionally revisiting the calibration because the sets do age and things change. But I don't. I don't change. God, your what world my, is
1: so baffling to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know it, how like, you, get you
1: get through get, the day with your mind.
0: Just get just get <laughs> your television calibrated. Like I haven't oh, I haven't gone through a full calibration of my television set in at least a year. And, oh my you know, god, maybe how do you sleep right yeah because uh, because once you get it set up so it's more or less correct everything's fine you never find yourself watching a movie and going oh i can't see anything it's too dark and then watching a show oh this is too bright like it's just it's close to correct now it probably gets more complicated with 4k i don't know ha- so what do you use do you
1: use the lucas thing
0: i don't have a 4k television so i don't know if it gets more complicated it probably also gets more complicated in hdr so maybe i will have to eat my words when i get a a 4K HDR television, and have to switch inputs to deal with the the issues inherent in those new uh, standards. Uh, but for my my television, it works out. Now for calibration, if, there's a bunch of different things you can use to do it. Uh, the difficulty is the thing you use to do it ideally should come through the same input as you're going to watch stuff yeah. on. Right. So if you use like your Apple TV
1: to calibrate your television, but then you watch yeah, but, well, like you, your cable box through a different yeah, but isn't input, is there also a problem of like there's those apps like. Oh, who makes it? I want to say Lucas, but somebody makes an app where you can throw, you can airplay to the device, but isn't using airplay to throw to that device going to give you a weird result? Yeah,
0: like especially for the sharpness stuff with compression artifacts. um, uh, Speaking of Lucas, a lot of the uh, any any disc that has like a THX thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, back in the DVDs, DVD days, they all had a hidden or otherwise calibrate thing. So that's great for calibrating like your Blu-ray player. If you put in a Blu-ray that has a testing thing in your Blu-ray player. Hmm right that's that it's the same you know it's the same device it's the same input that will get your your television calibrated to watch blu-rays if you have to do it for every input it's kind of a pain but the thing you mentioned the the, the airplay thing thx tune up yeah, that's what the i was apple thinking TV, of. yeah that's it uh the apple tv you need an apple tv to airplay it and you get the thx tune up app on your phone it's surprisingly reasonable all right like Th- when i when Th- i, when I sorry, calibrated on, the thx tune up I will when do it when tonight. I calibrated the television at at our rental beach house this summer, <laughs> I used t h x turn off it was horrendous, and boy, did it make a bay after you know forget about it, it was, I turned off all the motion smoothing and everything the second you get there right? but then I realized this television is really messed up, like nothing looks correct, so I calibrated with that up. it's pretty darn. you won't get like twenty four frames per second cadence out Ugh. of it, and even're not gonna get twenty four
1: like, per second cadence. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, it was hopeless. It's I happen, tried but running your like, clock thing
1: on mine, and I I can't tell if it, if I'm doing it right. It should. Do you have a camera that you can do set up for a one second exposure on a tripod? Uh, I could check, uh, but just running that in black, like it just looks like a clock moving.
0: Yeah, you have to you have to do the one second exposure on a tripod, okay, and then
1: you look at the picture uh, while that thing
0: runs, and then and then you look at the picture, <laughs> and you see if you see twenty four. Uh, hands like
1: a it's so complicated you couldn't tell me So anyway
0: all right all right picking picking the setting picking a reasonable setting that is accurate for most things and just leaving on that is fine but if you want to go the extra mile if you calibrate it, it's a thing you don't have to you if you calibrate it you won't have to change settings when you change shows
1: all right I'll, i will run i've got thx tune-up and i use it on my old tv i don't think i've ever used it on this one um and it's i kind will of fun. Wanna... like they make they make the
0: app kind of fun it can be i don't know you can make it fun
1: yeah yeah it is frustrating though the way like i remember i feel like i remember doing this uh with my old tv and being like okay i've gotten everything just right and then i switched to another input and it's like wait a minute where'd all my stuff go where'd my yeah. cinema <laughs> home
0: setting go it, it, like that's another example where television are so like so dumb. Like the settings, how much information is this? It's like less than a kilobyte of information, right? And it should be, you should be able to make an unlimited number of settings this and copy like and paste it's between Probably
1: it's probably it was probably what like a, like an
0: eighty line list. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you wish it's a list, It's probably God knows what it is. But anyway, it, this is not a hard technical problem to solve, and yet they make you like, well, you can manually configure this using our Byzantine menus, and no, you can't copy and paste it between inputs, and this input can only be changed in this way, and that it's like why? Why are you putting these limitations? It's ridiculous. Just give us an infinite number of inputs and let us copy and paste between them. It could be so much easier than it is. So totally I feel agree. like there's ample opportunities for them to improve this experience purely by making non-stupid software.
1: But you still see the banding,
0: right? Yeah. They, 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 I, I think Todd is not correct and it. it's not that your brightness is bad because I've seen like I said, I've seen I've seen really terrible banding. Well, brightness, in some, uh, brightness,
1: you'll get the... Blo- I mean, okay, So the, the dumb looking blown out highlights in low lit scenes... I would buy that. But the banding part, that would be a whole different – Todd would know, I suppose. But that seems like that would be a different part, a different setting. It would have something to do with – oh, what's that one setting? But, you know, there's all the different smoothie kinds of things you can do. It's not just motion smoothing. Mm -hmm. There's other stuff that you can do with – like if you're upscaling, there's all that different kind of junk that you can do.
0: Yeah, I think it was probably just bad compression. I'll I'll look at it again. Like I said, I I watched that scene on my iPad, so –
1: well, I'm about to start episode five of Maniac tonight, so I will uh, I'll run that first. I still think Netflix looks the best. Netflix looks so good. Mm. And no, okay, no, you're not on a 4K TV. Uh, check my statement. How do you feel about that? If you look at, let's say, iTunes streaming, like when I left the house a little bit ago to come here, the ladies were watching Black Panther, and they're watching on Apple TV or um, Apple movies version we bought. I bit my tongue because I was about to say, hey, by the way, like, I think there's different places we could stream this where we'd be in 4K. But I didn't want to be that guy. Now you, with a 1080p TV, you, you had the same movie you can watch on... How can I put this? Okay, So if you're watching a 4K movie, or a 4K TV show on Netflix, versus an HD movie on iTunes or... um. I don't know, Hulu. I mean, do you notice HBO? Do, do, you, do you notice a difference when there's a 4K movie on? Is that, is that a dumb question?
0: I don't think I would know. Obviously, I won't notice on my television because this is only a 1080p television, so 4K is, does nothing for me on my television. Even though I have an Apple TV 4K hooked up to it, it's not ever mm-hmm. sending a 4K signal. So that's <laughs> out of the question for my television.
1: Okay.
0: Um, on the iPad, do you know if Netflix sends 4K to the iPad? I don't think the iPad... Obviously, the iPad will have to downscale it because I don't think the the... the 10.5-inch iPad Pro can display a full-res 4K image anyway.
1: I'm, I'm assuming I'm just getting 1080 everywhere. I know they're, um, like you mentioned this last week, I know Netflix is super good about serving all, I mean, they are wizards at serving different resolution things at different times with different quality. I think that's arguably like one of their strong suits is how quickly it adapts and cur- or shapes to what your bandwidth or device is capable of. And it needs yeah, to the smallest think, bill for uh, them
0: when i'm two inches from my my uh retina resolution ipad pro i can see that it's above 1080 in many cases if i'm doing amazon streaming or netflix streaming mm-hmm. or whatever but i'm generally not watching shows that i care about the picture quality on my ipad that's more of like the trash tv yeah <laughs> device you know absolutely um yeah and the ones i care about i'm watching on my television which is not 4k and and additionally my television is so far away from my couch that even if it was 4k at the current size it is i'm not sure i could make out the difference hdr for sure 4K, maybe not. I think it'd have to go up to 65-inch television, my couch is pretty far away from the TV. You have to go on of those calculator things and see well, how close you have to be to your television. what I say
1: is, um, this is, a, this is a pretty nerdy site, but I think it's a very well-done site. It's something I learned about, I want to say, from Marco, but it was probably via via Marco, probably from you originally. R-T-I-N-G-S dot com. It's in show notes. Um, and, and even if you don't have 4K TV, like, just go check this place out. They have some really cool stuff. Um, where's their, what do they call it? Um, they've got, like, guides. So if you go to... Give me a second here. You go to Slash TV.
0: That site was a listener suggestion, by the way. I I learned about it from ATP listeners, because Marco had a question about his television, and I was telling him to go to all the sites that I know about, and some reader suggested this site, which I had, you know, seen in passing, but I hadn't really put any stake into And since then, I've become a big fan of the site and their YouTube channels. They think they do a good job.
1: And it's very... I mean, they are not... This is not a racket in the sense of, like, they're not here to just make you click a million things... I'll put three things in notes apart from the homepage, um, TV size to distance calculator. This is really, really cool. It's got a little slider and it'll show you what sizes would be useful and meaningful to you to have. Uh, it's really cool. Heading that to show notes. Uh, the next thing that is cool is best TV of 2018 for you. I have not run this yet, but have you looked at this? Is it like a, like a wizard guide thing? I tend not to look at those things, but no. Okay um it's similar kind of thing but you go and you say like how bright is the room what is the viewing angle um what are the kinds of things you tend to watch and then you can filter by size and uh and then it'll make recommendations based on that maybe not for Jonathan Arkisa, but like that's kind of a cool idea
0: yeah and uh, in general like i I would trust that the site uh with that type of wizard that they're not just leading you into the thing that gives them the biggest kickback or whatever because i feel like they're
1: well, you know, one of my one of my best pals um in town, he um he bought an improbably large uh what's the one you you have that you like that you're not allowed to play Destiny on? uh Plasma television? He bought a plasma that is about the largest TV I have ever seen in a private home in San Francisco. I mean, short of like like Ev's TV. Like this is like a very was a very, very large TV for somebody who lived in the Castro. And, I mean, it was comically large. So that's the kind of thing where, like, I mean, I guess that's good, but in some ways, it's almost like sitting in the front row at the movies. It's not as good as, like, say, probably a 55 or 65-inch would have been in that same place. Like, And so a guy like that could also tell you, like, don't waste your money on getting more than you need. If it's going to be in your guest room, you may not need a 65-inch TV.
0: Yeah, and, and for picture quality, still in general, it, it has been more true in the past. But even though it's today, the, the general gathered wisdom of television nerds is that the larger the set is, the more likely you are to have uniformity issues. Like uniformity is like they just fill the entire screen Ooh. with gray, and like does it look like the same gray, ever, or is it like dark and splotchy, or are the corners darker than the middle? Like you want uniformity, where every any place you oh, look on the screen, it is the same okay. gray the larger you make, it, historically, the larger you make the television, the harder it is to maintain that uniformity. It's less true today than it used to be, but it's a thing to be aware of. So if you, you know, with the 100, back in the, the day with the plasma, you get a 100-inch television it probably has worse uniformity than the 50-inch.
1: And the last one, I haven't used this yet, but it looks pretty cool. You can compare, compare two models of TV side by side with each other. And that's the... Yep,
0: I, put a, I put a link in for my favorite thing they're doing, which that? is their burn-in test. <laughs>
1: oh yes because i'm obsessed
0: with uh image retention burn-in and so they are doing real world tests of oled televisions to, to you know worst case scenario best case scenario everything in between they give you all the stats all the pictures and you could say is burn-in a thing and t- to what degree is it a thing and if i watch this kind of television show and this kind of interval will it have an effect on my television oh that's super uh, interesting very scientific
1: real very life OLED tests. okay
0: yeah, I mean, you just got to scroll through this. You can look at some of, like, the, the bad pictures of, like, look, if you watch CNN all day, this is what your television will look like after this oh, number of weeks.
1: Okay, I see. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, cool.
0: Very, yeah, I I really like this. I'm not just saying, oh, because a lot of sites that back in the day would be, like, burning might be a problem. And they'd have, like, two sentences in every review, like, practically copy and pasted from review to review. It's, like, to what degree? Like, Will, will it affect me? Like, no one told me this about my plasma other than, like, oh, you might have, but it's not that bad. Like, no scientific numbers. Like, show me. If I watch this type of program for this many hours in this interval, uh, what does it do? And, and, the, bu- how long and the bug it is, is always away? in that same place. Yeah. I, I, little, I, I, right. No one told me about Destiny. I had, I had to do that experiment myself and burn in the, the super meter in Destiny and wait a year for it to go away.
1: <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if Casey would be involved, but I feel like at least you and Marco could form a kind of... Uh, a terrible and infamous super team of like, maybe you could even have an extortion racket where you'd be like, Oh, you know, that's a real nice uh, TV. You got there. I guess you wouldn't mind me pointing something out about that TV. You know. I, I think about Marco's TV a lot
0: of like, uh, going over his house and, and making the television, have an entirely red, entirely green, entirely blue screen for a couple of seconds, just to see where the burn in is. Cause it's one of those things where once you see it, it's kind of hard to understand.
1: You're both, it. you're both pretty afflicted with that ability though. I mean, Marco also has the other super, the kind of good superpower of making you want to buy stuff. Like, he's arguably best at that of anybody I know. But I feel like you both could ruin a lot of lives by pointing out something you cannot see. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, yeah, I, I still I still have uh, flashbacks to the days of uh, dead pixels on monitors and how it was just an acceptable, uh, you know, cost of doing business where it was like, in oh. the fine print is like, we saw you a and television. Like one person it's points expected. it out to you, you don't notice it, and then like that's that's all you see. And it's never gonna life. go away, and you can't return no. it because it's like that's that's what monitors are like, as but long as there's it. not you more than three of finger. them within two inches you rub of each it. other. You rub it till it
1: goes away, rub it. Mm-hmm.
0: Nope, don't rub it. Doesn't help.
1: <laughs> yeah, you think uh, your computer doesn't have image retention? <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. What a nice guy. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Friends, I implore you to make your next move with Squarespace because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next big idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, any kind of content. You can put it all on your Squarespace site because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do whatever you need to do. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I love that you don't have to do any futzing or fiddling to make your site look good on any device squarespace does all of that for you like i just said uh, to my friend dan benjamin recently you know um if you're going to be a runner why make your own shoes you know what i'm saying squarespace takes care of that stuff for you i'm a huge fan longtime fan of squarespace i've used them for years i use squarespace for my personal sites i use it for my ungainly x-man meetup site uh i use it to post playlists uh for spotify and youtube you can just go go get them right on the website big fan of squarespace crazy part is that squarespace plans start at just 12 dollars per month but you right now can go and start a trial with no credit card required you just go to squarespace.com diffs that's d-i-f-f-s and when you decide to sign up use that very special offer code diffs that'll get you 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain and it will show your support for reconcilable differences once again you go to squarespace.com diffs offer code diffs for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So that's the story of television. It's a great time for TV. I love my TV. Ooh, I love my TV. I like uh, Just about everything about it. And the LT software is pretty good. It's interesting. LG, like, yeah. I, uh, boy, I'm sure I'm looking forward to Hulu, uh, getting better at some point. I don't know if I've mentioned that to you.
0: LG is going to feel bad about their brand awareness. I was pointing, what was I pointing out? So to one of my kids, I was pointing at some, I was in the Apple store and I was showing them how they had a monitor that wasn't an Apple monitor. Uh, and that was my daughter. And she said, oh, it's from Logitech because it said LG on it. <gasps> I'm like, no, oh, no, wow. it, no, it's from LG. So she's like, yeah, Logitech. I'm like, no, it's, it's a separate company. It's called L and G. I know it has the same letters and sounds as know. Logitech, it but it's not, anything? it's not, not short for logic. I think it stands for Life is Good. That's what they, their slogan is. <laughs> Who knows what it actually Kitchen stands for? Kitchen fresh chicken.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, friend of the show, Max Temkin, you know, you're not in our Slack, are you? You should get in there. I want you on our Slack. You should be there. Casey and... Uh, you, won't even, you, you won't even comp me the, the members feed. Well, you know, we got to pay the bills.
0: I know. Well, there you go. So that's why I'm not in the Slack.
1: Everybody wants to be in
0: someone else's Slack.
1: That's that's the thing I'm
0: realizing. I don't. I didn't even know you had a Slack, and now you've made me aware. Well, of now I'm not going to tell you an anecdote. From, so thank you. This is I'm the dead t- pixel in my life that you pointed you out. <laughs> you do that.
1: You do that. Max
0: I'm perfectly is, happy not knowing that Slack existed, but now I know it's there, and now I'm excluded from it.
1: Um, I, I think you should be invited. It's a good group, but um, uh, Todd's there, and um, so. <sighs> So Max is going through this thing where, like, he you know he gets a little fixated on things, and he's very fixated on Plex and has been for some time. But what you need to know is like he wants Plex to be the only, pretty much the only app that he uses for video on his Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we talked about this. Did you already hear this on the last program? Uh, I'm. It's okay not if you haven't heard that episode yet. So halfway. But okay, so here's here's this plan. He's like, hey, 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 uh, yeah, I hear that uh, you can do this uh, over-the-air recording in PVR with the Plex. And I was like, yeah, you can. You don't want to do that. I was like, just get Hulu. And he's like, no, 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 but you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand. I like to record like the local news and like watch it the next day. I'm like, no, I actually completely understand. I can almost to a certainty promise you this is not the solution that you want. He's like, yeah, 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 but, but I want everything to be in Plex. I was like, Max, with the money that you, I imagine, make, I'm pretty sure you could pop for basic Hulu, and have all of those shows with the DVR like functionality, you could record it, you could do all of that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but I want everything to be in Plex. Yeah, but it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be through Plex, it'd be a separate app. It'd be a separate app. He's like, and could I get a TiVo? He's like, could I get a TiVo? And could the TiVo like, you know, automatically do that for me? I'm like, Max, I tried this. There was a point, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple years or two ago, I tried this um, when they first introduced the PVR functionality on Plex. So I bought a, I want to say 50 mile leaf antenna, I brought a, I bought a home run and then a nicer home run. I found the best location to do this in. And what I got was multi-gigabyte .ts files of static. Now, maybe that's me because I'm a dumb guy and I live in San Francisco on the side of a mountain or two. Uh, but I was like... <laughs> And Casey agreed that, yes, they do make giant .ts files. Have you ever tried this? Have you, are you aware of this phenomenon of being able to do over-the-air TV and record it? Yeah, I'm aware of it.
0: Uh, it's not a thing that I would attempt on my own. Like, this is an important lesson for Max, which is that no amount of money can make television uh, make sense. Like, there's there's too many things aligned against it being coherent. Like, the desire well, and to also have it just, all in just one Just knowing
1: place. Max's extreme tolerance and love of suboptimal technology. He's like John yeah. Roderick. He he would be. He would go through all of this muss and fuss. He would blow a weekend on this, and I can almost promise you that in less than a week he would be losing his mind in the same way that I was. But I could be wrong. He might have really, really, really good coverage, like Casey does. I guess he lives somewhere super flat, and like you can but get still, stuff. From like re- it's
0: still anything, Anytime you're dealing with files.
1: .ts files, <laughs> John. Game over.
0: You just want to deal with like the shows. That's the one Plex itself, and you just just you it sells in. You've got to transcode it. You've got to
1: transcode it then still. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so was I totally off base? Is it not better? Mm? Is it not right? Is it proper to buy a Chrysler? Wouldn't you agree The the, the, the solution there
0: it would was be? almost barking up the. The right tree with TiVo because TiVo has a really terrible Plex app and it has a really terrible Amazon app. I don't think it has a really terrible, terrible Hulu app, but you could, in theory, just hold the TiVo remote and have a DVR for your local programming and really terrible ways to access other content except for Apple TV.
1: Is it like is that weird discoverability local protocol thing? No, no, no.
0: It's like on the TiVo, they have client apps for a lot of the big services, like literally on the TiVo. But they take forever to launch, and they're like the worst quality versions of those apps. And, and you're still not like, oh, it's all in one place. It's not all in one place. You're just launching the Plex app from your TiVo, and it takes way longer than launching it from Apple TV. Like, there is no one box solution to television unless you just decide to watch only very few things. Max wants to have his cake and eat it, too. He wants to be able to get local news and all the shows he wants and have one interface to all to all of it. And unless you are a super nerd and can hack together your own system, uh, there's nothing off the shelf that will give that to you, including the Plex PVR thing, I would imagine. Although I haven't used it myself, and I'm sure it's gotten better from when you tried it.
1: If you were me or you were were a friend of Max, uh, what would you suggest to him for getting his local news shows? I was just not
0: to watch local news cuz it's uniformly garbage but, but there's probably some work related or uh, and or political reason why he has to watch it and in which case I would just say suck it up get a TiVo and when you want to watch local news record it on your TiVo and watch it on your TiVo because I feel like that's the be- TiVo is still the best interface to broadcast television that is not through a streaming
1: service. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm getting over something here. I'm getting over something. I'm getting over. I thought it was a cold. Then I thought it was allergies. Now I'm pretty sure it's allergies. Also, I fixed my ice machine today. So I'm having a pretty good day. I feel like I'm on the same thing as you. I feel like I'm coming
0: down for something. But then I'm like, but no, but I'm not coming down. But I am. But I'm not. I I didn't get the throat. If I don't
1: get the throat super hard and usually first, I'm very reluctant to think it's a cold. Because every cold pretty much I've ever had in my adult life started with a sore throat.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's just fall. It's just fall. You're not getting sick. It's just fall.
1: It's just fall. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a silly mood. I got a lot of sleep last night. I fixed, using mechanical means, I fixed my ice maker. I heard about that.
0: You, you, you dodged it a little bit. Did I? I got, I got the idea that there's no room for ice maker in your refrigerator, and I can relate to that. I don't have one in my fridge either. No, we have an but ice maker.
1: No, no, no. We have an ice maker in the refrigerator. We don't have room for ice mm-hmm. cubes. We don't have room for, like, trays. Oh, so it is in your fridge. The it's ice, in there, the thing that makes the ice, is in
0: you. You don't have a separate device.
1: No, God, we don't even have Sonic. We can't even get uh, Fios. You Used to have a separate device to make you uh, bubbly water. So I'm, you know, nothing's out of the question. We now. just put that on the dumpster. We just, we just dumped that the other day. I'm, fall, I'm on the yeah, cans. You just, you're
0: just back to uh, conspicuous consumption. That's Twelve right. packs.
1: It's good for you. it's good for the uh, environment because of the aluminum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for the tariffs. It's an easy battle to win the trade wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> War. There are heroes on both sides. War. war. Wars are easy to win. Is that how it starts? War. There are heroes on both sides. That a terrible <laughs> way to open a movie. And then, and then they talk into their lady's razor. That's right. I can't believe. You didn't now is no that one. a talking device, or is that what they use for midi Hang on. Hang on. I, I'm slightly confusing two things. I'm concatenating um, Phantom Menace and the third one that I like. Now, the Gillette razor, is that for getting medichlorians or for talking?
0: It's both. In The Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon Jinn communicates back to his ship using uh, a lady's Gillette razor painted silver. <laughs> uh, and, and then to, to send the blood sample back to the ship, the thing that ostensibly collected the blood is inserted into the Lady's Razor, and that conveys the information presumably back to the ship's computer that does an analysis. Aha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because the Lady's Razor does not have enough because power it or because it to, the data that power be sent to analyze the sample. But I you know it. that most of the Lady's Razor handheld communicators do have a place where you can stick a blood sample because that comes up a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's typical on Android now. It always comes with a blood uh, beaker holder. Yeah.
0: This is one of the one of the rare cases where they reuse an object from real life as a cheaper way to make a prop, and you actually notice in the movie. Because they do it all the time, and you just don't notice because you're not looking for it. But for whatever reason, that prop stood out to a lot of people. as you know, I guess it's more of like an iconic product design, that lady's yeah. razor that was like a big, flat thing instead of like a like stick. A
1: ribbed, it was like a ribbed, chunky, easy to for hold For pleasure, thing. yeah, I know. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Gillette is very competitive. It's literally
0: true. It was for her pleasure. Mm. So you know you don't want to cut yourself and you could control, right? Not not uh, cutting is a a
1: form of pleasure. Yes.
0: Yeah, and they they spray painted it.
1: Okay. Silver. Did they actually do that?
0: Wasn't well disguised.
1: No, you're kidding. They actually literally did that.
0: Yeah. No. It's it's not. That's what the prop is. That's how they make. So it's kit bashing. They call it kit bashing. I thought about it.
1: Hmm. No. No. I follow a model uh, kit
0: of a tank and a lady's razor, and you get
1: Star Wars. Do you follow the Michael Heilman? Do you look at his stuff? Do you look at his things? You Go to the kit bashing. The guy, guy from Squarespace that does uh, he did the he invented the Kubrick theme and now he works at Squarespace and he does all the mm-hmm. sites the site about Star Wars you don't look at his site. I don't think so? Am I saying his name wrong? Michael H A e- binary bonsai Binarybonsai.com. dot com. Go to Kitbash. Bash. I there think I might have seen some of them recently floating around. You should look at his stuff. I just He's really good. Know the
0: name? So he did. He did Kubrick. That's him.
1: Hmm you ever use WordPress and get a Kubrick? Kubrick oh, game? Oh, you keep thinking like in 2001, isn't he dead? No, 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 he's a, he's a movie <laughs> fan. He's the one who invented the theme called Kubrick that was the default on WordPress. Got it, got it's kind, it. Kind of okay. a big okay. deal. Mm-hmm. I am I, I, I'm, I'm acquainted with people who have made the default template for two different blogging engines. No, three! I know three people who made the default template for blogging engines. That is the lamest brag that has ever been bragged. That and a dollar fifty, and you can ride the subway, as my mom would say. <laughs> that and the buck will get you a cup of coffee. Uh, so that's it. Kit mm-hmm. Bash you can tell us the Squarespace site. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay <laughs> FM. <sighs> These are crazy times. What do we got time for? We've got. Well,
0: I think. I think we we've, we've burned we burned through our allotted time. I think we only have time for something that I didn't actually want to be a spoiler slot. But now that we're towards the end, we might. i, I still. We feel like we can have a non spoiler discussion of it. You do not want to talk about one to talk piece to of people. my homework.
1: How to talk to people? That you no
0: No, one piece of my homework that you didn't even put in my homework, but that I did. Hmm. Hmm. I watched Succession.
1: How far? Are you, how far in? I watched the whole thing. Oh, Jiminy Christmas! You're kidding me. Oh, my gosh. No. I am very surprised that you stuck with it and that you did it that fast. That's well, amazing. I watched it on my iPad. Oh, it's because it's one of the crappy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, You got me. You got me, Syracuse. Uh, it's not, you know, nah. whatever. Like She's not a hunchback.
0: Well, it's not. Let's put it this way. There are not a lot of sweeping vistas or special effects. It's a bunch of people talking in urban settings. So I feel like I'm not losing too much. Could, do you, you know well, what I
1: mean? Okay. Well, so you want to make take maybe what? Take 25, make it a spoiler slot?
0: yeah and i'm honestly i'm not even gonna i'm not, probably not even gonna do that many spoilers but if you're sensitive to it then yeah this is the spoiler slot this is going if you're not sensitive yeah, it's are. not it's not like the type of t- show where there are twists and turns that we're gonna spoil things
1: um so. okay well let's do our usual dance so, so in a minute we're gonna do spoilers but let's do the usual thing um uh if you could say in a spoiler free way um who can you say like who you think would enjoy this or other what? shows like it, like if you would recommend it to whom? Would you recommend it uh, to let them know whether they want yeah. to come back to this? It's like a character-driven
0: family drama uh, uh, set in the business world with a bunch of rich people. So mm-hmm. if that if that sounds appealing to you, I bet there's a lot of shows that are like this. And I tend not to watch shows like this, so I can't name them off the top of the head. But I bet there are a lot of shows like this. Did you um, did
1: you get? Do you remember what I suggested when I first told you about it? What I said? I said it's like Veep meets. Arrested, so, so imagine first, it's somewhere, the, the, the milieu is somewhere between a Romana Clay, uh, in some ways, or, or a fictionalized version of the Rupert Murdoch fam, family with a dash of the Trump family. And then in terms of the tone, imagine Arrested Development meets Veep, but nominally serious. Yeah, I think the Arrested Development and Veep thing are going to lead people to thinking it's funnier than it is. It's the, pretty, it's the, pretty the, funny, but there are three characters on this show that are consistently baggy pants funny.
0: Yeah, the the Murdoch uh, Trump thing is also, I think, slightly misleading. Okay. That I think, in that I think, most of the characters in the show. I mean, it's obvious the Trump the Murdoch angles is it's right there in the show. Like, but I feel like the characters in this show come off both more noble and more likable than
1: any of the people <laughs> do, in want you of Share with them what off. your title for the show is.
0: Uh, family of Fredos. <laughs> that was after like the first episode. I it's like, over. <laughs> They <laughs> were all <stepped> <laughs>
1: not like not like people say not like everybody anyway, says
0: it, it's like middle of the road I feel like it, it doesn't it doesn't it's it doesn't reach the heights as
1: even even that something like Big Little Lies reaches in terms it's of not enough, it's not amazing enough it's not amazing enough to recommend for that many episodes uh, right. the short the short review uh, that I will give is that um, I didn't hate any of the episodes and I thoroughly look forward to starting the next one each time it's it's at a time it's are so watching Huh? It's easy to watch.
0: Oh, it is. Like, it is.
1: But the problem is, you know, there's so much TV that's so epochal or like it just feels like there's mm-hmm. something so important happening on every TV show. Mm-hmm. This is merely just an extremely good cable TV show <laughs> in a time when like every show feels like majestic. No, it is very. But I would say, especially, uh, I would, uh, you know, uh stay for the casting, the casting and the performances. There are at least half a dozen performances in this that are very, very, I think very good. The story itself, that's what really elevates the show. All of the kids, um, you know, plus Brian Cox, I mean, how do you even begin? So, um, I was saying to Dan on, on back to work today, as we record this, that I feel like I almost need a new term, sort of like how you had recommended, um, the, um, the leftovers to me. I need a term for like your recommendation of that to me. I need one, which is I'm not really recommending this to anybody. I'm merely saying that you may find this as interesting to watch as I did. You know what I mean? Yeah, you may share my, you may share my twisted perversions. And <laughs> right. And it isn't even that I think it's the greatest thing ever made, but I maniac, I, I know there are so many people that are really not liking maniac. I'm very, I don't know if I love maniac, but I sure I'm interested in it. And I sure do is like that a watching
0: movie it. or a television show.
1: It's a television show. With um, uh, La La Land. with uh, Emma Stone and uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. And See, again, I great added cast.
0: I added it to my Netflix queue when you suggested it. And then today I went into Letterboxd and it showed Maniac. I'm like, wait a second. Since when does Letterboxd well, show television
1: show? There's a movie called Maniac uh, starring uh, Willie Chi Chi from The uh, Godfather put out oh, about totally 1981. Different, totally different then? Well, there's a movie with, uh, what's the guy's name? You know, the guy with the mustache, the mustache guy from the seventies. There was a movie called maniac. There was a, the slasher I saw, uh, in the eighties. No maniac on uh, Netflix. It's, uh, like they're, they're making a big deal of calling it a, what do they call it? A limited series or something like that. But it's Carrie, Oh, what's his last name? The guy who it's did... It's limited because it has movie stars in it and they can't be bothered to do a television show forever. Well, and I heard a very good podcast about it today. We're still not spoiling this, but I heard a very good podcast that I like called The Watch, and they talked about this. And basically, it started with... Uh, hey, uh, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill and Carrie Fukuyama? What is his name? Yeah, that's the director. It's, okay, it's right I want to say his name right so I don't sound like a d- <laughs> Carrie right here in, in Letterboxd, and it, it has a trailer. You sure it's not a movie? No. It is not. It's a, I believe, a ten part series. I believe. This is weird. This is weird that it's letterbox. It doesn't
0: mention anywhere that here that's that it's a movie. That's not a movie. I'm confused. Um. No. Anyway, I'm gonna watch it. Uh. So you know, I'll try it. We'll see what see what we think.
1: But there's a certain kind of viewing that one does. Like, for example, I mean, like you know, there's certain kinds of shows that are really, really very, very good. And unless you have a problem or you just don't like the genre or the content, like I feel pretty good recommending Game of Thrones. Really controversial choice. Um, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good recommending that because I think it is
0: or uh, Mad Men or whatever yeah.
1: Mad Men yeah absolutely there's there's a lot of shows like that where you're like well this is just real really in some ways a good place honestly which my daughter has written oh, oh, on the oh, calendar actually,
0: honestly Game of Thrones I would still some people are queasy about the sex and the gore well, that's why I
1: say right? yeah you would object to the content it grosses you out but, you know, there are certain kinds of shows, obviously, there's some shows you watch because they're a train wreck, but there are also shows that are just super interesting and i and if you like stuff, see it's this is we're getting into the spoiler problem where you're like, well, I'll just say if you like stuff like Legion, check this out. um check out uh maniac, but that's not what we're here for. We're going to talk about the HBO series Succession, uh which has finished its run. It has been, I believe it's thank God, has been approved for a second season. Because you can't leave me the way the show left me. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that. That's all we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode. Uh, Thanks to all of our sponsors and friends. And uh, Jim, would you please, uh, anything else you want to say, John, before I cut you off? No, you got it. Okay. Jim, please release the spoiler horn. Wow, I'm really amazed. I'm amazed you jumped in. What made you want to watch it?
0: I mean, you suggested it. I'll, I'll try. lots. I like HBO shows in general. So this is a show succession. It's on HBO. Check it out. That's pretty much all I need. Um, I mean, hell, I just added Maniac to my list. because. But you, you, know, you went you in thinking
1: you'd dip your toe and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Watch an episode, see if it grabs me. And, you know, I, I watched an episode and I felt like it was shaky in the beginning mostly because i feel like the strength of the show is as you mentioned it's the actors and the characters mm-hmm. and until the actors really start to inhabit the characters and establish the characters i feel like it's a little shaky like in the, like i mentioned i think in our messages in the first couple episodes uh what's the, what's his name what's Marsh- uh, oh. what's the primary fredo's name oh uh kieran culkin Oh, no, sorry. Kendall. Uh, no, Kendall. 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 Yeah. Who's not English? Kendall. Yeah. Kendall, the show can't decide early on if Kendall is a total goof or actually a
1: competent trial Yeah. Are we supposed to believe who's, who's, he has actually been stepped over that he, because for a lot of that episode, I'm sorry, interrupting you. But for a long time, we're expected, we're not sure whether we're supposed to believe that he is a desperately competent and ahead of the curve. Future thinking guy who can save the company, or he's just—is he just the dingling son? Right. Like, is it, he? It's clear that he just has this job because he's a son. But the show in the
0: beginning, it's like it seems like it's trying to tell you that he doesn't deserve this job, that he's not actually good at it, that he's crappy, that the dad is old and has wisdom and wishes his son was up to his standards, but he is right. not. But then the show also says, well, but maybe actually this guy does know what's going on. The old guy is shaggy, and I, I in the beginning I felt like it was inconsistent, but by the end I feel like it is an more accurate representation of like well that's how it is sometimes you can't really tell like it's clear that again it's clear that none of these people are where they are by merit probably even oh, no. including like the, the uh the, the main shifts. like the yeah the old guy, you know but but they're not
1: even logan kind of lucked into this you think
0: yeah yeah i mean like
1: this you don't
0: get to be in that position of being you know like again if he was if he was uh, <laughs> if, if he was an african farmer he would not be the CEO of that company let's put it that way right mm-hmm. so but obviously he has he came by more honestly than his kids and he resents them for that and then you know anyway but the thing that that carried the show for me is the a- the actors and the characters like the combination there these actors are able to elevate these characters well above what the script provides to them Uh, because they are interesting or charismatic or funny or all of those things at the same time not a lot of pathos and, and deep emotion like in, in that sense it's more lighter and fluffier you're not like there's not a lot there is anguish in there but it doesn't I don't feel like it 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 uh it dwells on that angle as much as like another show that might take itself more seriously because there is a lot of uh levity in this show but by the end of it I really love these actors and these characters for all of their stupidity and monstrousness like the the ensemble comes together into this terrible mishmash of people mm-hmm. that you sort of love to hate, but hate to love, you know? Well, and they, um, they,
1: each one of them over time, more and more, and especially, well, of course, uh, Connor gets crazier and sillier and sillier with every episode. Yeah. But
0: he, he, I feel like he was one of the weakest characters. They didn't give him a lot to do.
1: Yeah. He was, he was strange, strangely drawn. Um, but, but like in the case of like, of Shiv and Roman and Kendall. And Tom, poor Tom. Oh, oh my God, Tom. <laughs> Like um, <laughs> he's, even the secondary characters have this. What's the level kid? What's the, of, is the kid Greg? Was that his name?
0: Yeah, Greg. Oh Tell my Greg. God! Like secondary and tertiary characters that have, are but more interesting than a lot show. of the primary
1: characters. And Greg is like the zealot. He just he's, ends up being important because of stuff he's seen or been around for. <laughs> he's stealing food from the kitchen, but and like his in mom, the case with yeah. oh, his mom, yeah. Like you said, I love his mom. But like, but one thing I love like by the end was like first of all, the, the guy who plays Kendall is just tremendous. And what he, I mean, he is the Don jr. Of that family. In some ways we're like, you think Don jr. Is bad until you meet Eric. And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I don't know about this. Um, but you're right. I think he does. This is, we can talk about spoilers. I think at least, at least by the moment he's on the, as we talked about when he's on the phone with the banker and starts cursing at the banker on the phone and they, they so wonderfully portray that silence on the other end. And you're like, you're in it's almost like a ricky gervais moment you're in the room this guy realizing he thought he knew how to do his dad's power play and he didn't even understand like how to trace a shadow of that he just blew something really big
0: and the best part of that scene i feel like is that at that point in the show it's not clear to us and the show doesn't really land on whether uh uh, hard on what they're trying to convey there but like the idea that there is a game being played, but it's being played entirely at the level of his dad and his dad's peers. Right. In that, like, the... He doesn't know... The, they,
1: none of them know how to be effective as actual people in business or humans. They only know how to emulate some angle of what they've learned from their... Other people in their family.
0: Right. But, but like, but that particular scene, like, we know that the the head of the rival network, like, whatever his name is. Uh, I forget,
1: yeah. The, uh, the
0: other old guy. We know... We, we know he's in bed with, with Stewie, right? And I also assume that he's in bed with the bankers who hold the loan.
1: I figured and that it was everybody thing, working behind their backs.
0: Right, and, uh, and the whole business where the, he pretends to be offended about the cursing and the silence and tells them off is a total put-on, because he doesn't care that he curses. He just wants to make Kendall feel that he has failed. In this scenario and make it heels. feel like, oh yeah, oh God, it's my it's my fault. When in reality, that banker, like the whole purpose of this call is to give him that embarrassment. It's not it's not a genuine interaction. The banker wasn't actually offended at him cursing. It's because all these people are playing a game that Kendall does not understand. And if his dad was there, would he would understand he what would the actual straight through game it? Was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I feel like that's the the pitch of the thing, that there's the old boys' network that Kendall is not a part of. He's just trying to, in his own way, trying to be a good more or less honest business person is trying to win in business the old-fashioned way he doesn't understand that's not the way business works. that's what he yells at his dad says like oh your strategy is like make friends with the president and dad's like yeah that's the way that's, that's the, way the way you, you run this business at, at th- this, th- level. this level of business at that's the level, way yeah and and yeah. and as an all tv shows i assume every one of these characters is much more uh, empathetic and emotionally intelligent and regular intelligent than all of the real people that they're emulating Like I guarantee you, none of the Trumps uh, have a clue about anything that's going on. They're just a a bundle of terrible impulses.
1: No, no, that's why I said that. I I know it's imperfect, but that's why I say the Trump thing because like they're they're living through this ongoing play about life (laughs) that feels like life to them. Or in the case of these guys, um, so just the other thing uh, about I think I referred in our text chain. I think I referred to him as what I've called a seat one a hole. He's he feels like one of those executive types that like you know has read. The, the right books about business. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's, he knows the right kinds of terms. He knows the latest lingo for things he knows. Like in that, that horrible meeting where he's talking about their big pivot and all the things he wants from people and all these ideas. And you're like, Oh no, you don't know what you're doing. You just know a bunch of words and you're saying all those words and acting confident.
0: And, and the thing is he may be right, but he has no idea how to get there from where he is. He wouldn't is. know he how just to knows. implement
1: any of that, let alone yeah. like negotiate most of that. But I was going to, say good.
0: He didn't work his way up to this position. He didn't. He's not like he worked his way from the mailroom to get in that position. He just immediately went to the top, and he's like, "I've got ideas."
1: Where he Ugh. was insulated from any real consequences, like all these dinglings insulated from any real consequences by the power of their father. The thing I was going to say though about the um, the other th- so I know I I do think Connor is very funny. I think Ruck is great as him, and I love that it's. I think he's very good as him. They're not really sure quite what to do with him sometimes, but the Im- like the increasing emerging amount of nuts that we get from him. As we learn his what is it his his readings <laughs> and his plan to become president.
0: Yeah, that was that was my favorite turn for him. I was really hoping they were going to go into that where he would actually run and end up being like surprisingly successful as a presidential <laughs> candidate because that would be fitting with reality of like the the idiot of the family, right, Somehow right, right. resonating with the world.
1: But you have to admit he's pretty funny along the way. His whole like strangely passive aggressive, like I don't want to get involved in mm-hmm, this angle. Mm-hmm. They're also stunted, but between all three, the thing I felt like by the end. And there were parts of the last episode that I, I really wish could have been written tighter. Like, the whole, like, car crash thing, all of that. Like, I was just yeah, screaming yeah, at my TV for minutes. That's like a bad
0: early season two turn that they somehow snuck into the end of season one.
1: It's like a, it would be like a bad Sopranos turn. It would be like a, like, oh, no, no, no. Like, this is so telegraphed.
0: It's, it's, it's season two of Friday Night Lights, but the... Uh, oh, no, there was no season two of Friday Night Lights. It's exactly the same thing, but at the end of the season. I understand why they, why they they needed to go by the end of season one, yeah. but to do it, by killing off the help is was just not it's not great.
1: Well, and just okay, so but all I was gonna say is by the end, the, the thing that really stuck with me, I just I I I don't know if you've noticed, I remember so many names from this show. I can't tell you another show I've watched in the last three years where I can remember this from a short run TV show where I can remember this much about the characters, what their names are, what they did, who they're I don't know why this show really it's it's stuck with me. And the way that it emotionally got me or the way somehow that it got me was I felt like by the last episode, we'd seen the shows of braggadocio or the shows of aggression or the shows of competence that each kid had tried. But by the end, you got to see not just that they were vulnerable, but all the different ways that they were vulnerable and the way that they would try to recover from a loss via their vulnerability by attacking back and having a network and Roman more than any other Roman you just, you just see Roman. He's so craven. He just, he wants to be approved right now. So much. And he does so much dumb stuff. He doesn't really do anything to improve his station or ability at anything. He's just so thirsty to be loved. He's such a psychopath also, but like you get done. You know what I mean though? You get to see different sides of their vulnerability and I, I, I don't think that you get that in that many shows like this.
0: You get to see them leaning on each other as well. Like, th- there Even is a familial they're undercutting bond. they're each other. <laughs> yeah, with, with, yeah, exactly. Do that. But it's not just, like, one of those things where, like, the siblings are at each other's throats over the family fortune. Like, there's that. But there's also the siblings are their only support network against their, you know, oppressive father. Like, it's, it's everything all at once. And I feel like it's a, a more balanced depiction of... Uh, Relationship between siblings, although uh, as they ramp up the things that happen between them, it may become less and less realistic for them to continue to be on reasonable speaking terms. But after season one, I can still mostly see it where they do care about and support each other, but they're all also messed up in their own way. Um, And and uh, same thing with the competence with Roman. In the beginning, it's you start to kind of think that actually Roman is the one who might have more of a clue about what to do with the media business. Yeah, you know, if he could the get the right, hand, med- if
1: he could get the right medication, he could be the one that actually pulls this off.
0: Yeah, but he still shouldn't be in charge. No. But he could be involved in a creative thing. But then later, he's about more the last person
1: I would put in charge of operations for sure.
0: Right. But, but then, like, when they talk about his stint at the studio and how he hated this one production, then as a being a hit, it shows, well, maybe his instincts actually aren't that great. And he's got his own bundle of problems and, you know, the, his his unresolved issues with his childhood and being in the dog cage and being sent off to school. I, mean, <laughs> I love that liked whole it thing. You in there. You asked you, you to go in. Like, it. <laughs> un, unreliable narrators. <laughs> you asked you don't, us well, to who's, feed who's,
1: you.
0: <laughs> Whose memory is accurate. Right. Uh. Yeah. Everyone in the show, like, all the characters are interesting and The show doesn't like nail them down. Like, this is the bad person. This is the good person. This is the funny person. They're all, all of those things at the same time in a glorious mess. Uh, Shiv is one of my favorites. Just because I like, she's kind of the one you're rooting for because you feel like she's the most, she's the most competent and she's obviously the smartest and written that way. But she's got her own problem. She's she's the least, uh, she's uh, the least,
1: uh, not ugly in terms of she's a beautiful woman, but she's the least ugly of a human in some ways
0: well yeah exactly but she you know she has her own weaknesses and flaws as well and you you feel bad for tom of all people to feel bad for her but especially by the end you feel bad for tom or like after their wedding she's she's now it's time to have this conversation it's like look i might not actually be cut out from monogamy which is really probably what you don't want to hear on your wedding night on your wedding night yeah yeah but but is but is a moment of of clarity for her uh and I, i guess you do end up hating what's his name nate but, uh, but 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 maybe not un, unjustifiably because uh, I don't know they they all make some terrible mistakes in the show, uh, yeah, and for the most part, you you have sympathy uh, for all of them and, and can relate to them and, and are
1: or at are least yeah I mean it's, it's, the sympathy is so complicated or empathy or whatever because it gets mixed up in these ideas of like did you deserve this terrible thing that happened to you well like. You know, for almost everybody, you can appreciate how much their situation sucks, even if it's something they got themselves into for terrible reasons. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you can that's, feel that's, for anybody in that sense, but like, but you also, there's also something so like almost like Shakespearean about people who cannot, like genetically, like their DNA does not allow them to see how the thing they think is improving the situation is making it a thousand times worse.
0: And, and most of the bad things that happen to them, like, part of it is their fault and part of it is not like it's there's no one thing that well you you just deserve that because it's your fault like there there are environmental factors they can't control and yet there are also things that they do uh that screw it up and like for for a lot of them sometimes the the show or the character will have an idea of what their ultimate happiness will need i would be happy if right some very simplistic show would have that i would be happy if i could finally be the ceo if i could whatever and this show is pretty clear about saying Even if a character has a thing that they think they would be happy if they got, we know that they wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And some of the characters don't even know what that thing is, including Roman and probably also Shiv. If you ask them, you'd be happy if they could not fill in that blank. And so they spend a lot of the show.
1: If she gets her chosen, like preferred candidate even, elected, will she be happier?
0: Yeah, or like if she was uh, She's again, got two men
1: the- that would like that are like would would you know, not die for her, but like she's got not that that should be a woman's goal, but the, the, you know, she's got the one thing on lock, which is like she's got two different men that are like arguably like obsessed with her. She's she's got the opportunities like of inside the company, but like it's again like the what separates us from the rich people is like somebody like Logan um like he, Logan's never going to be satisfied. And, until he just self immolates, the father is never going to be happy. All he sees is what didn't go right and the deals that didn't go well, and he's just so used to everything else. You know, I like guess, kind of working out through his bullying. But like, yeah, there's no, there's not really any capacity for happiness in these people's lives.
0: Yeah, the last one standing will be uh, a or Marcia, I don't know how you pronounce. My oh, name. I like but Marcia. The, She's the, good. It's hard. She's actually one of the hardest to read, which I think is part of. Part of her, uh, part of her character—that it's supposed to be difficult to figure out what her deal is—because the kids are confused by it. Right,
1: their futile efforts to find out more with their private <laughs> detectives or whatever. She, yeah, they, they had, like they initially wanted us to clock her as a, a very like, um, gold digger, controlling. Yeah, know. duplicitous. Like, and then you kind of get the sense more and more like, who, like, how are they getting all this information from the kid? Like about the kids or about you know, like where is all that coming from? And clearly, they've got their own people might be that right but but
0: she's not like nobody nobody is the comic book villain of like aha behind the scenes she's plotting the downfall of them all no she's just trying to do what she thinks should be done in the situation that she's in which is a weird situation she's a weird person they do some questionable things but it's not like no one is uh in the uh I don't want to spoil Lost in Space, but in the uh, Doctor Smith sense, no no character like in the the new Lost in Space reboot is <laughs> right bent bent on the destruction of every of all of the quote unquote good characters in the show for no explicable reason other than they have to be the antagonists. There's Dr. no one like that. Smith. In the
1: show. Oh my god! Um, you know it's interesting that that last episode. Well, here I was a little bit tainted on this show by what there was a tremendous amount of buzz. Um, among especially on podcasts that I listen to, especially in particular the Watch, they just coming up, kept coming up over and over. I had to keep skipping over parts of it where they, it seemed like every other week they were talking in depth about Succession. They both the guys loved it, um, and then not even a couple weeks ago, definitely before I stopped uh, started watching, uh, they had the, they had that um, somewhat controversial article. I don't know if you saw it in the Ringer, which was the something like the hundred greatest episodes of the two thousands, something like that. You see that lots of people were debating about it didn't see it i don't think but anyway in the talking about that in the reviewing this this article that was very popular but very controversial the writers of it and the host of this show um i think at some point anyway they were saying that like two of the best episodes of tv in a really long time i think they said were um is it austerlitz and Prague. that those two episodes the 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 episode at connor's ranch and mm-hmm. the next episode with the um, bachelor party they considered like to be like two very very good episodes of the show and i excitedly having wolfed down this season i'd gotten to those and i went yeah these are good but i was way too expecting them to be like you know the carousel episodes (laughs) You know, yeah, like there was
0: there was no dramatic turn in the plot line. And also they weren't any particularly more artfully done than any episodes. The good performances were good. The, the episodes were interesting. But it, yeah. you're right. There was no. It was essentially
1: like kind of Dukes of hazardy. I mean, it was it was just like, oh, I got him this time. And like and then even the prog episode is great in its way. But like it's it's I, mean, I, I think the
0: prog episode was was better in that. It it was it was an interesting setting where you throw these characters into this like weird nightclub-y type thing, and basically it's the you know uh, David Mamet thing like no one no one gets what they want out of that they go into it they all uh-huh. want a thing they don't really no one gets <laughs> and, what they expect then the woman or want becomes
1: out of Roman's, it. Roman's girlfriend oh, that's uh-huh. so uh-huh. good oh my poor Tom poor <laughs> Tom. <laughs> <sighs> he's such a jerk and you never really put, but he's so awful. And you just think, Oh my God, he's going to get Greg into some kind of a super weird sex thing. And he's totally at the beginning, you know, he's totally like gaslighting Mm -hmm. him and harassing him and like basically grooming him for something. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Oh, it's, it's so painful. But then, you know, the thing is, here's the thing. Again, we get to that last episode and now at this point, my expectations had been readjusted. Right, I said to myself, I'm just going to keep watching this show that I am obsessively watching. I'm going to enjoy it and see what happens. But like, I gotta say, man, the guy who plays Kendall like through the last like three episodes or whatever because, you know, one funny thing about this show is I feel like in some ways it's almost like it's almost like there are two episodes to this one episode excuse me, two seasons to this one season where it's kind of like after the point when Kendall gets fired and taken out of the the, building. Yeah, the boardroom. Yeah, yeah, after that point, and that's not—I'm not saying from a quality standpoint, but it, mm-hmm. it, you—that could have been an end of the season moment, and the next yeah, season they could have starts. Built up season one to that confrontation. Yeah, what's happened since? What's ha- happened since Kendall got thrown out? Well, now he's living in this hotel room, and da da. And they're starting rumors about him. But I just want to say, like the guy who plays Kendall, whose name I apparently will never remember. I think he was in The Big Short. Uh I thought he was really really awfully good in this and as much as I saw him playing a certain character and then a slightly different character through the first half then he gets into the drug stuff and by the time you get to the end I don't know I'm I'm kind of over scenes where people just sit on camera and cry but I thought his was very affecting. I thought he did a really nice job with that last yeah, episode. Yeah, he's a good actor.
0: Like I feel like this the script uh, the script doesn't could be better. Like it usually mentioned yes. being tighter. I feel like yes. sometimes it could be a little bit a little bit less on the nose in certain spots, a little bit more, you know, it's not, you mentioned, you know, Mad Men in the Carousel episode. Like, I feel like that show had a it had a similar idea in that it was a bunch of dysfunctional people and unhappy fam- family situations for a lot of Mad Men, especially the early seasons. And I think that show did a better job of communicating those situations without being quite as direct, having more subtext and more more people doing things that seem inexplicable, but actually reflect deeper you know their deeper, deeper malaise or whatever anyway uh but the actors elevate all this material, all of them have have some material to work with and but they understand the the uh, the unhappiness of their characters and can express that through acting through their body language facial expressions and, and line delivery that that brings the show above the actual written words on the page. not that the script is bad yeah. or anything it's all it's fine i think i think you' you're
1: I think you're right on the writing is not bad, but like it does kind of make you wonder that if it was just slightly elevated what those uh what the direct what the you know the whole team could do with it is um the episode where they um they go in the helicopters to play the game is that the thanksgiving episode
0: uh where they were the guy where when uh, when do they get the, in the helicopter has the
1: stroke or whatever yeah right when when is that that's like episode 2 or something is it i i thought that was a very good episode yeah although well, that, that episode has the has the thing that i didn't didn't
0: ring true for me when uh when all they have that it's like episode two or maybe even episode one or it's it's close to the beginning because they have all the kids express privately to the dad that what they want is the top spot which i mentioned uh, to you before oh, i right. feel like is not realistic and not no. true to the characters and that there would be more there would be more uh camerons not cameron ruck whatever connor, <laughs> <you> connor. <know. laughs> you don't think that's a little bit in
1: each one of their dna to say like hey it's worth a shot i might as well ask like maybe i can get a race car bed
0: no like i feel like it it, each of them do it in a way that i think reflects those actors uh and maybe the script writers uh limited understanding of those the true characters at that point in the series because they the delivery of that and saying like i you know well i would want the top spot i feel like at least half of them would be very uncertain about whether they wanted that. The only one for sure that would want it is Kendall and maybe Roman, but I can't imagine Shiv, like, Shiv, especially she's off, she's doing her own thing with politics, she's being successful there. Yeah, she got out. She got out
1: and is doing well with her own thing.
0: Yeah, like, she wouldn't be like, oh, I I would would want the top spot. Why would she want the top spot of this stupid company? Like, you know, and it, it doesn't, I don't know. It didn't it did, them for them being as earnestly straightforwardly immediately hungry for this. They have to do that to set up the dynamic dynamic like oh these guys are going to be going at each other for this top spot. But uh-huh. very quickly the show backs off from that and says they all have a stake and have opinions but it's almost like no one really wants the top spot except for Kendall and he even he doesn't really want it. He just wants to like make good for his dad and have his dad be proud of him for once. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar with Roman. It's anyway, I the the characters quickly settle into
1: what they are. I mean Roman really wants Roman really wants to be loved and he wants to be he's uh the character that's closest to me in some ways. He really wants to be loved and to g- get attention and a pat on the head. I think Kendall desperately, well let's let's go around the horn. Shiv wants to be wants to be independent ultimately. She wants to be unfettered from really anybody. She wants the love but she also wants the independence and the autonomy. I think slightly differently with Kendall. I think he really He wants to be seen as a competent problem solver for his father that in an ideal, in an ideal world, he wouldn't be able to do without. And each time he falls so short of that and we see it, it just hurts your heart. We are just like, Mm -hmm. you know, all he wanted to do is impress his old man. That's what, that's what he wants. He's not in it. Just, he's certainly in it in part for his own stuff. He's got, he's got his family and oh my God, hitting it with the can. Oh, but, but uh, I think his, his,
0: his ex wife, I, I, she was, uh, I was more on her side in the beginning towards the end of the series. Like she's not doing it any favor. She
1: smiles too much. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, boy, look at this cast. What an awfully good cast. There's so many, so many like that guys of our youth in this, um, the wonderful Eric Bogosian as, uh, as the, that politician of the, the monologuist that I loved in the eighties. Um, Hasn't done too much, but he oh, he did talk radio. You might know him from that. But which um,
0: politician is he?
1: The other him. one. He, the The other one. The guy. The uh, the oh, the, con- uh, the Gil. The Gil? liberal
0: guy. Yeah, Gil. Um, I, I liked him. He 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 portrayed it. the character. wasn't in a lot of scenes. Didn't have a lot of lines. But you, I feel like he he's he's
1: so talented. Did you recognize? I, I imagine you went and looked it up. But when he was on screen, did you recognize the doctor at the ranch? Because I, I, had to look it up, uh, and then the I was guy, like, "Oh the guy my god!" Who knocked
0: out his teeth in the pool. I did not yes. recognize him. What is, it? Where is he from?
1: You want, you want to get? You yeah. want to try? Mm, I, got, Griffin, I got nothing. He Griffin had, D- he had facial hair. that Griffin really Dunn. masks people. It's Griffin Dunn. I don't know who that is American Werewolf in London. The guy, the lead in American Werewolf in London. No, that's David, not in front of the Dr Pepper commercials. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's come on, Griffin Dunn. He was in all the things. Griffin Dunn. He's such. He was like an eighties guy. Oh man, you break my
0: heart. I don't know people's names. You know that. I'm never. I'm not gonna. Never gonna um, be good with names.
1: Oh, he was. He doesn't was mean so I don't good. know the person. He's so handsome. Look at him. Look at that guy. Remember when? Remember when uh, the guy goes into the theater and his friends there and he's all sliced up. Yeah, I yep, I know the scene. Yeah, I was no, I
0: see him now on his IMDb page. He looks a lot younger. Yeah. Nope. I got him. Okay. Yeah. No, I would not have recognized him. People get old. It's very
1: difficult. To... Oh, look at him. Look at that guy. Um. Anyway, uh this is a spoiler thing, so there's no point in trying to sell it, but I think it's I thought it was uh it thought it was real good it's it's almost a bummer how much this is an age of like oh my God, this show is changing everything and it's already been changed like two weeks ago everything was changed and now it's changing again and this is just merely a really entertaining show you know yeah
0: that's fun i like i I feel like in in my in rating recent hBO shows, I would probably put it. Below Big Little Lies, but mostly because of production values.
1: <laughs> Did but you like Big Little Lies? Somewhere... I don't know if I ever asked. Did you like Big Little Lies more than Sharp Objects? Uh, no. Okay. There's a, there a lot of bitching about that. There's a lot of bitching about how, like, oh, we've seen this all before in Big Little Lies. And I watched a couple of Big Lies, no. maybe it's just because I'm from Northern California. I thought it was kind of insufferable.
0: Yeah, Big Little Lies, like the, the, the issue with Big Little Lies is that it tells a story, which I think is a good story with good characters. But the setting, the setting of, like, a bunch of rich people... Yeah, has nothing to do with the story. It doesn't inform the story at all. And I, I don't know if I heard it, it was from like a book think or whatever. It's a little like, bit
1: class inflected about like who has money, who has more, and more money, and n- no,
0: I think you not so. Not as class inflected as it should be, given the disparities between the people. Like
1: yeah, it's, okay. Like,
0: the, the the richness provided window dressing for beautiful scenery and for people to wear beautiful things, but had almost nothing to do with the story. Like it didn't inform the story, so it felt like there was a disconnect. If you're watching these great actors and these beautiful scenes and these lovely settings uh act out a story that is also good but does not intersect with the setting i felt like that was a disconnect but it was it was very well shot and well done and well acted uh and it was interesting but sharp objects i felt like was much more artfully done much more coherent of you know everything fit together in sharp objects and if you want to complain about sharp objects being we've seen this before you go to true detective season one which i think had a lot of similarities
1: oh yeah for sure um what was the season of true detective i liked must be season two Season I mean, one. Season, season, season one. It had to be season one. Don't tell me. Everyone of? what's the one with Landry. What's the one with Landry and uh, Kristen Dunst? Is that season two? Season two. There's, There's only two seasons of. Season two? True Detective. Am I thinking of True it's Detective? Be. What's I the show I'm, I'm th- thinking of? With Landry uh, and Kirsten Dunst. Isn't that True Detective? Kristen Dunst. No. What am I thinking of? Fargo. That's what I'm thinking of. Fargo.
0: Yes. Fargo, almost all the seasons are good. Well, I think all the, yeah, all the seasons wasn't of Fargo. I was not loving
1: the go. Scottish Guy season. I, I couldn't hang with that. But the the, yeah, but the, the Landry the and fun. Kirsten Dunn, uh, Dunst was very good. Ron Swanson was in that. That was real mm-hmm, good.
0: Mm-hmm. They, uh, Fargo is always artfully done, and most of the stories are fairly interesting.
1: Hmm. They you do a good job. Was Billy Bob Thornton the first season?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't remember which. Well, oh, he was which, an interesting was character.
1: A, yeah, I think that was season one. Well, I will, as ever. This is not strictly homework, but I will be interested to hear your take on Maniac because uh, if you decide to watch it in an episode. Uh, cause I, uh, I'm very intrigued by people feel vi- it's one of those. It's, it's like leftovers. It's a, definitely a little bit like Legion, uh, but especially leftovers in terms of response. There's a lot of people I like, uh, and respect and admire and whose opinions I happen to mostly almost always agree with. And leftovers was one of those shows where we did not see eye to eye. And I could very much see maniac being that way. I think yeah, your, I'll your brain is good and weird. I think there is a chance that you give it a chance. Cause I. Think you might find it interesting,
0: and we keep mentioning leftovers. way right, I just want to point out that to this point, leftovers is the most interesting television show I've seen, maybe in forever, but in a, certainly in a long time. So all I still like, think oh, about I it. I leftovers. still think
1: about it so often. Yeah,
0: it was so, so interestingly different. It, not to say that it was so much better or worse than anything, but like yeah. nothing has done. Even shows like Legion, like wow, isn't this a wacky show? It's not as wacky as leftovers. Like but leftovers. it's like watching
1: somebody do skateboard tricks, where some of the, sometimes you watch them do the greatest skateboard trick you've ever seen, and they're totally just mm-hmm. calm, and that's just part of what they're doing today. Was that skateboard trick? And sometimes they eat it so hard, but you're still they still get up and. <laughs> Walk away and do another trick. And that show took so many bizarre chances yeah. so fearlessly and unblinkingly without going, ha-ha, isn't this weird? Like, it was just such a delight to just it, have it that was, wash over you.
0: It was so committed to its weird way, its weird story and its weird way of telling it and unflinching. Like, it, it's one of those shows, like, how did they manage to get funding? To, it was I mean, practically the explanation European. Is, I
1: mean, not English, European. It was practically... Yeah. Like a '60s or '70s, like French or German movie,
0: but but with like a, American actors and an American sensibility for like just shooting a tele- high quality television show. But yeah, totally with like strange, arty European ideas that are totally committed to, not with a wink, right? For for three, inexplicably for three. Yeah, this is, this very is the story. Amazing season.
1: It's like here's two shocks for you. This is the story, and this is how we're telling it. And like, right. <laughs> you're not going to you, you you know catch up. Yeah. Chop chop
0: yeah and it's like it, very very shows had had more whats per moment like
1: what <laughs> what it,
0: like, <laughs> what it just with a delightful way so that that is still my standard, and we always use it as a comparison in both like a show that you might not like and a shows that are weird, but I just want to reemphasize that it's still it's still a champion in my mind <laughs>